2: hey how's it going pretty good how are you doing i'm doing well thanks for asking it's a beautiful day outside <laughs> a little chilly where i'm at how about you oh about the same yeah 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 everything good with your family uh yeah family's healthy doing well uh oh, kids good. are growing good good new year how about how about yeah how about you yeah yeah things are good can't complain can't complain you know yeah L- living the dream another day another dollar yep yep okay yep. going well I
3: I think one thing we could do and we talked about this a little bit is when we had the radio show we there's an in a part of radio intros and I don't really know if a lot of podcasts have this because it's it's just different is it's much more organic right you start it however you started even if you have a unique way which we did what if we pre-recorded something a little bit different but also similar you know the hey behave, middle middlecough high school friends boys for years you know but put our own new spin on it and Mm -hmm. and press play so every day that is fresh with like 30 seconds and then i don't have to you know uh manipulate energy when i'm not really feeling it because sometimes i'm feeling it sometimes i'm not but if it's just there and technically you know the the listener would hear it get them fired up and it's kind of like the cue to go
2: yeah, I like it. And if you pre if you, you know, if it's if it's image if it's the, you know, pre-edited, then you can kind of get it exactly the way you want it where it it's not, you know, you can kind of dial back the right right cheesiness level, right? Sometimes yeah, it's
3: hard. And and then even if it's then even if it's cheesy, it doesn't matter. That's just part of the deal. I I think it's hard if you're not feeling cheesy on a given day, uh <laughs> you just not have it. I feel like I got pretty good high tea. You know, I got kind high tea. Kind of said it's,
2: for those of you listening to this, oh, so this is about John's low tea. No, no it's, it's
3: more I think as my my I know me like inside. I think you're like this too. Is some days you're higher than others. You know, just with your mentality and your yep. excitement. Some days It's about ba- ba- every out. day's a battle, John. Yeah, it's not like depression, but you got your highs and your lows. And, you know, sometimes you're more into it. But when you have that, you don't ever have to fake it. You just press go. And then the show goes. And then, you know, we're professionals. We've got that's to right. be on when the mic, when the lights come on. But yep. the, the intro can be its own thing. I, I I've been thinking about that for the last 24 hours.
2: I I think that is probably the place that we end up. Yep. I think that's a good place to be. I like that idea. Now, we got to, you know, we make a video for it. So it matches. The audio for the podcast matches. But I think it's a, I think it's a good place to be. Yeah. Now. But I also like maybe going another couple of weeks of just trying out some different things just for fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I've always been a big fan of uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think uh, historically, I remember one time in radio, I had the idea that what if you never introduced anything when you came back from a commercial break in, in radio, there's these things called long commercial breaks. Um, and uh, uh, my idea briefly was you sh- when you come back from break, you shouldn't have any music. You shouldn't have anything that introduce... Maybe you have a quick, like, you're listening to Haberman and Middlecoff on 870, the game, the hottest radio in Ontario. Right. So you have that. And then and then you just dive back in. Mid-sentence was my idea. You restart a segment mid-sentence every time. And uh, I quickly got rid of that idea because it doesn't make any sense. But um, You're, you're kind of on to something. Yeah, there's something to be said for just diving into a show, very much unlike what we're doing here today but um you know doing it to make a point so we're hearing your feedback we appreciate those of you that have uh, given us feedback dave says i still think of sledgehammer during the opening every time for those of you more kind of og listeners if you knew you won't know this but the show used to start with peter gabriel's song sledgehammer good tune uh, good tune yep uh, it was great too. I thought it was a great start to the show, but you know we didn't have uh, the rights to it. And uh, as the show grew, we realized we should probably kind of button down the operation. Zeus says you guys should get some merch. So you know we've had some. We we don't, some we had hats. Yeah, we had hats uh, last year. Last year? Last year? Uh,
3: I think over the last eighteen months, you might have ordered it and might have carried over. I, I thought it remember. was like I thought it was maybe two thousand twenty. But I maybe it early 2020 draft kind. Of. I think they started going out around the draft. I thought. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. It's all kind of runs together. It's a little hard uh, with the supply change, but we've had. Uh, I would love we, to do some more merch.
2: Yeah, for sure. I would love to do so, pullovers. Pullovers. Yeah. Yep. Pullovers is a good idea. Hats are great. Hats are. I think probably the. I'm no merch expert. Maybe a merch expert out there could help us. Hats, from my kind of merch uh, digging, is probably the hardest thing to do. Um uh and I think it's because it's hard. I mean, to do well, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh because hats require either direct stitch or a patch that gets made separately and then attached to the hat. And um that's there's just an extra step there, whereas you know, this kind of stuff you can
3: I don't think we give the habit uh aren't those the people? I think that was Joe Banner's
2: ha- habit habitasher, yeah. Haberdasher, yeah. he was yeah, a habitasher, haberdasher? He, Habber, a ha-
3: haberdasher? he, he was remember? a ha- haberdasher before he uh became the president of an NFL team and uh and yeah it's it's uh i have a lot of respect for making any sort of you know it's all very difficult
2: uh joe banner makes a, a brief appearance in draft day a movie i watched the other night uh with commercials that was that was quite a grind john i gotta say well part of it is just hanging out with costner i, I rented the other
3: night tin cup just because yeah. I, I wanted much like better a, movie though much better movie but part of it is just like i'm just get to hang out with kevin you know and, Yeah. Yeah, it's just I, the Tim Cup still
2: held up pretty well. There's something to be said for that. I was watching draft day, going. I, I'm not great at identifying bad acting, like I, or mediocre acting. I can tell bad acting when it's bad acting, and I think I can tell what good acting is. But mediocre acting, I'm not great at identifying. Like some people, are like oh, I watched that movie. Is uh, I thought so and so was good, but so and so was average, and so and so. I'm like, I I can't ever tell. And uh, I made a point to watch that movie and try and figure is this all because it's like. A lot of good people. Dennis Leary is the head coach, and yeah. Jennifer Gardner is gorgeous, and Costner is Costner, and um, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is played <laughs> by uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, He's jacked. Is it the guy that pa- the actor, the great actor that passed away, who was Black Panther? Isn't that the guy that plays Khalil Mack? Is that the guy? Not the not
3: the naked other dude with the penis. Hmm? That was just a porn actor. Remember the meme that was going around with
2: the big penis? Oh yeah. no, not that guy. The guy that died. Yeah, no, yeah. he passed away. Is it Chet Chadwick Bozeman? Is that the? Yeah, I think man?
3: maybe you're right. Actually, what was the quarterback's name? Uh, Is like, it like
2: Chad Malik Mack?
3: Bo- was that his name? Malik no, it was Mack? like
2: Dean. It was like Dean Ryan or something like that. No, the the wasn't the pass rusher Mac? Wasn't that his last name? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Chadwick Boseman. But the quarterback? Didn't you ask about the quarterback? Was well, some other guy? I can't remember.
3: There were two. One of the quarterbacks oh, was the oh, guy that yeah, no like went Bo to Bo Scarborough
2: party. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was that guy's name? I forget that guy's name. You're right. The the top draft pick. Yeah. Uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one MyBookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Uh, Bo Callahan, Vontae Mac. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. Those are good movie football
3: names, are they not? Like that, Those yeah. are legit. They got yeah. those right. That, that might yeah. be the
2: highlight of the movie, those two names. The names were good. Uh, <laughs> the, the worst actor in the movie is like the top scout for the Browns. Now that I'm thinking about it, he was terrible. I, I absolutely do. I, you like, know, guys, before, we're on the clock here.
3: <laughs> I also think... And let's, let's be real. You'd have to be naive to think that office sex doesn't happen. Uh, GM having sex, not his girlfriend, but just casual sex with the, uh, feels a little <laughs> risky. You know, I, 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 don't know if that, if you're the owner, if I owned a team, right. Or you and I were like in the, the owner was played great a role, in the
2: movie too. The he, owner was great.
3: I, I don't know if I'd love that, but, uh, MyBookie.ag promo code Ham1. We already have 500 bucks on uh, on Alabama. They're an underdog. I just the value's too good to pass up. I told you right before we hopped on one number that stood out to me because this week's hard. The last several weeks have been hard, right? I mean, it's it's easy to, after the fact to know. Oh, I wish I would have taken the Ravens with Tyler Huntley. Oh, I wish I would have taken the Raiders to win outright. That's not how gambling works. Miami playing New England. Now the game's in Miami. But you watch, I mean, Miami just got worked by the Titans. Their offense guy is terrible. Well, the Patriots defense is really good. I think, did they just pick off, I think, uh, Trevor Lawrence three times? So they beat him 50 to 10. But their defense is, I mean, they got DBs, they got pass rushers, they got Belichick. I, I just like the matchup. Tua versus Bill, who's just, he still can win the division, though it's out of his control. But it's important for them to just keep playing well, go into the playoffs. They will definitely, if they win this game big, be a sexy first-round pick, right? Whoever they play, whether it's the Bengals or the... I guess they probably wouldn't play the Chiefs, but the Bengals or the Bills. I, I think a decent amount of people will be betting on Bill Belichick as an underdog. Yeah, uh,
2: we might be, right?
3: Yeah. the Bills, um, I would say the Bills, like minus three, would make me a little nervous. I'd say this, if we get... Or, I mean, Bills plus three if you got Belichick like plus five and a half plus six going to Cincinnati, uh, you could convince me you want to double down and put a thousand dollars on Belichick. Hmm. Now we're running uh, low on funds if we don't win a game here soon. So (laughs) (laughs) what are we at right now? (laughs) You know, like $1,400. Now we have
2: 500 outstanding. So, uh, but we've, we're leaking oil. We were up near 4,000. Not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I won't I this is not a good time to tell you I don't feel as great about Alabama as I did the other day but no I'm all in. Uh the Dolphins have won two in a row against the Patriots and three out of four. Now, you know, not all of that was Tua. There were some Fitzpatrick versus Cam Newton games mixed in there. I actually like New England a little bit more because they lost the first meeting to Miami, right? That was the I think that was the season opener in Foxborough. So that would have been Mac Jones's first game. Does that sound right? Yeah, it no. was. No, yeah. it was a. Yeah, okay. I mean, he started the whole season. Well, I know, but did, was it the opener or was it week two they played? I thought I
3: thought it was week one they beat him, and it was okay. a close game. But it
2: was a close game. Mac Jones was. I'm just looking at the box score here now. 29 of 39 for 281. I can't imagine Mac Jones throws the ball 39 times against Miami. No. Uh, in this meeting, so I like that, John. You want to put that in stone right now? Do you think it's going to move? I mean, uh, it's hard. This week's hard just cuz there's not a ton of games. It's kind of like a college bowl season week 18 of the NFL. One thing I do like about this is it's minus
3: 105. So sometimes when we bet $500, we only win like 428 or 432 depending if it's minus 115. I do like the minus 7 minus 105. So we bet 500, we win
2: $477. What about uh I do like that. What about Jag's money line plus 725? You know, shock the world. Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. That's pretty nuts. I
3: wonder if they've played a couple Euro games. Had to have, right? No way they've lost seven straight.
2: Seven straight. No, I looked at the log earlier, and um, I don't. I like. I think they've lost games where they were the road team. Well, they definitely lost last year, right? Week one. Week one. It almost kept them out of the playoffs. Um, Let's see. This is Jags at Jacksonville. Win. Win. At Jacksonville in 18, win. At Jacksonville in 17, win. And they also beat him in Indy that year. At Jacksonville in 16, Jacksonville win. At Jacksonville in 15, win. At Jacksonville in 14, loss. I do think the streak ends. I think one thing watching the Colts a lot, once again, every time I watch the Colts, Wentz does at least one, if not two of, A two-handed overhead inbounds pass. Well, it's a lot of times when
3: he's getting taken down by three guys.
2: And a left-handed pass. He does at least one, if not. The two-handed pass, I've seen a lot. He's big on making throws when he's headed to the ground. (laughs) I would love to see him in the postseason. But alas, John, we're only going to get two of this group. Herbert, Carr, Wentz. Only two of those three are going to make the playoffs this year. Because Mac's in, baby. (laughs) Because Mac is in. And I would love one of the I would love all three of them. like I would love Carr in the playoffs. He hasn't had it. I would love Herbert in the postseason. I would love Wentz in the postseason. Um, but we can't get all three of those. Expand it to eight. So. Expand the playoffs. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, oh, I no. say go to nine, so you still get that first round buy. Or go to eight and then you get two first round buys. I agree. I wouldn't mind the two seed getting a bye again. Feels right. Like oh, a pretty damn good team.
3: I actually think why they gave the Chiefs the Saturday night game, th- Saturday day game, like throw them a little bit of a bone. Oh. You know, it's like it's like a sneaky extra day off for them. You still put them on Sunday. I would imagine Chiefs, Chiefs, Chargers, or whatever, could easily be Sunday afternoon CBS, right? Or Sunday. I guess that game is typically Romo, Nance, for us 10 a.m. kickoff, the CBS game. Last year I think it was Ravens, Titans. So, you know, because then Fox, Aikman, and Buck usually do Fox Afternoon on that opening weekend, and then I think NBC now sometimes does a couple games. Now ESPN's playing a role; they got a playoff game. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's so crazy because the matchups. beside the Packers, we have no clue what the matchups are going to be, right? It's I bet the I bet the network executives are just putting together like a puzzle right now, like who wants what, what's going to go where, well, what's going to be the Monday night game. The Monday
2: night game is fascinating.
3: Well, to me, Niners-Cowboys, I mean, would they put that thing on Monday night football?
2: Well, why Why wouldn't? I mean, Sunday night historically gets the better games. Why wouldn't Sunday night get that game?
3: But hasn't Sunday night really been moved more to Saturday night now? I don't know. I guess we, we've only seen this one year, the seven teams. So you're saying the there aren't, Saturday There aren't, there aren't going ESPN to be a Saturday and, and a Sunday night game. Because one of those games is getting moved to... Uh, there might not be a set. Is there going to be a Saturday night game?
2: You're not having three. Well, is three, it still right? just... ESPN always have just one game, Wild Card Weekend, and it was on Saturday? Yeah, but
3: there were right? only four. There were four games, so every network got a game.
2: But does ESPN have two games this
3: now? Uh, I think they would probably only... Yeah, it's a great question. I would guess NBC has two, but who knows? I haven't honestly looked into the setup. Because the because the Monday night now has thrown a wrench in the whole thing. Because last year it was three games, right? 10 a.m., one, eight, 1 o'clock, night game. 10 a.m., 1 o'clock, night game.
2: Yeah. ESPN has Monday night this year. Well, so ESPN would, definitely has the Monday night, but I'm saying, do they also have... So here we go. Okay, this does not help me. This tells me that they're all on Fubo TV. Fantastic. Yeah, who care? We'll figure it out. Later. So we've got what we've got is AFC, NFC, Wild Card Saturday, AFC, NFC, Wild Card Saturday. So we have got two Saturdays, we got three Sundays, and then a Monday. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So I would imagine they put a night game on Saturday, not a morning game on Saturday, right? There's no 10 yeah. There's a, a one thirty
2: five and an eight fifteen on Saturday. Yeah. Cool. Is
3: there a, is there a night game on Sunday? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they they like that night window. <laughs>
2: I, I guess the, I guess the question is: Is there a matchup more attractive to everybody than Cowboys Niners? I would say game, I would say I
3: would say Bills Patriots would have people lined up to get with New England, and, and whatever Tom Brady's game is, will be pretty highly valued too. So you think? Yeah, I mean, which in I, think our the, scenario, I think the Cowboys, the Patriots, Brady, and the Niners brand. I mean. People, it's just a fact. I mean, they're fucking. What would be
2: your number? No, my number one pick,
3: I think, would be Cowboys Niners. A sleeper would be Buck Saints because they have played some really good games.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, the and, Saints and, defense and, and,
3: and Tom is just and, a lead cash cow. You know, I don't think you can go wrong. So,
2: are you Tom. saying Buffalo New England potentially
3: would be your third pick? I just think Buffalo New England. I think you. I think most people that don't live in that Northeast would underrate that value to like, you could put that thing any night game and everyone is fucking doing cartwheels, Right. I mean, it was the best Monday night game of the year to me by far was Belichick versus the bills and Buffalo. Like that's a big property. I think now, and Josh Allen's now a star, but to me, Bill, this is where Bill and Tom, Bill is basically Tom's equivalent as a coach. Yeah, because what he just walks in with the brand of the Patriots like he's that he's every bit he's bigger than the Niners. You know, he's bigger. You could say he's maybe not quite as big as the Cowboys, but he's right behind it. <laughs> I mean He's uh, now you could argue it's the fucking playoffs. You just put games and it works. But like how about Bucks t-
2: Niners? Would that be a number one pick?
3: Yeah, Waiting but I, Fox is going to want their hands on one of these, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would I would imagine Fox would fucking jump in front of bullets for Cowboys Niners on Sunday afternoon, right? Yes, yes. So I, I don't know. ESPN might be last. ESPN Monday night. You could argue the Monday night game. It doesn't really matter. Like last night was terrible, yet it was good because it was Monday night football, right? It The, the
2: Monday night game is... It was you, good. For me, it was good because it was at least close enough that you could keep watching in case something happens. What do you see? I just
3: saw uh, this comment right here that got me thinking. Would be great historically speaking to see but the matchup but the rivalry has not been on s- one since 94. It's not it's not about the rivalry, it's about the brand power. And the brand power equals eyeballs. This is all a you know a, a quantitative game that these people are
2: playing. I agree but I do think it's I think some of it is the rivalry. But I'm with you. The reason I said Cowboys Niners is cuz Cowboys would be is a number 1 TV pick and Niners are a huge TV pick. I do think it, like post, like in, like if Niners Cowboys play, I can only imagine how many John Madden videos they would air coming out of commercial breaks, right? Yeah. But in any event, that'll be a fun. We should, that should be our, we should do a, we should do a TV draft once all the, uh, once all the games are set. It's not a bad
3: year. idea on like
2: Tuesday. Next yeah. Week. Yeah. Be the TV executives that we are. We got, we got takes. Um, all right. We'll start with this today. Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, what are the factors here that Kyle Shannon is considering? Kyle was asked about that Monday in his press conference and said, if Jimmy was 100 percent and could play unhindered, Jimmy Garoppolo would be the pick. I'm not, this is not a direct quote. He said, though, um, you know, I'm not gonna we play with Jimmy all year. I'm not gonna replace him after everything. He didn't say everything he's done for us, but he's been the guy all year. I'm not gonna replace him uh, if he is a hundred percent. Then was asked. But then he said no one's 100%. So, you know, we all know that is not a realistic scenario. Saying Jimmy could, if Jimmy was 100% he'd play is like saying if we win the Super Bowl, Jimmy will be our quarterback, right? Uh, That was not me talking, saying our in my voice, but in Jed's voice. So do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback again this week against the Rams?
3: I do not because I don't think he can grab a football. And I think... Football, probably most of all the sports, guys consistently play through injuries. But to me, there's a big difference of playing through a sore shoulder at any position, right? Uh, A broken rib. I mean, we've seen basically every injury under the sun guys have played through. Hamstrings, broken bones. If you can't grip the football and you are a quarterback, you you just, you can't play football. You know, his, the, the, his, position is predicated on him holding the football on every snap. As every quarterback would say, part of the reason, you know, so much pressure on us, we touch the ball every snap. It's like a pitcher and a catcher, right? There are just things like if you can't grip a bat as a hitter, you can't play. You can't take an AB. You just, there, there there's just certain things that you're like, it's just pretty basic human anatomy. Now I think there's a bigger picture. Like I, I, where I sit, And now I'm attending the game, so I want to see Trey Lance live. But, like, this is a pretty invaluable experience to get this opportunity that it's even a question. I understand, as someone who's pounded the table for Trey, like, watching the game back, he has a long way to go. He is a very raw product. And, you know, you've beat this team with Garoppolo, hell, with, like, CJ and Nick Mullins. This would be a tough scenario. Because a little closer to Arizona than like the team they just played a couple days ago, you watch, I watched notice last week like Von Miller's kind of flying around a little bit better now. Aaron's looks pretty like they they have a legitimate pass rush. They have guys that can at any moment get multiple sacks in a game, and like that's that's a lot to ask the guy. The pressure though, I think it's easier to start him. This is a non-one-off situation, right? He can build on last week. He got to do the Monday film study with the guys, put the game to bed, as the quarterbacks always say, move on. It is an easier transition that he has. I know it's Division One AA, but he's been a starter before. Uh, but it is... I would go with Trey. Partly just, I think they have to... They don't have a choice. But I, I, I'll be the first to acknowledge, it is... I would temper our expectations in this situation for the young guy. It, this is not an easy scenario because number one, first and foremost, whether it was Jimmy or Trey, has there ever been an easier situation? Maybe Kirby. Cause Kirby can get in front of his team this week and go, these fucking guys have beat us five straight times. We've never beat them. Sean McVay can get in front of his guys. You know, Cooper cup, Aaron Donald, even Vaughn, you're new. These guys have been kicking the shit out of us now. Since back when Corona was a beer. So, hey guys, we need to beat (laughs) these guys. And not only do we need to beat these guys, it's a double whammy. We're playing to win the division. And if they win the division, you and I did a little math, they will be the number one seed. If they win, or excuse me, the number two seed, which means they get multiple home games. So they win this game. They have a lot on the line. They win the division, which is always a big deal in the NFL. You take a lot of pride in it. Uh, It's not quite, I would say, baseball, but it is... You watch these coaches after they win the division. It's a big fucking deal. You win the division and you go, well, well, we got to play Green Bay, but at least we get two home games. Someone has to beat us in the first round and someone has to beat us in the second round at home. We don't have to travel. I would say the Rams, the opponent, the motivation's easy, regardless who the quarterback is, but most important, what they have ahead of them, right? They're like, we get to control our destiny till Lambeau, the NFC championship.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think they've got a lot to play for, and the other thing they've got is I. I think if I'm Sean McVay, specifically talking to Matthew Stafford, I'm going Matthew. We got to get this thing right before the playoffs start. We've gotten away with it for the last three weeks throwing picks, but we got to get this thing figured out. Kind of get on track here before the playoffs start. Fumble, fumbles too. He fumbles. F- fumbles too. Now they're home and, but, you know, this is the kind of team you, if I'm him, I'm, I'm saying to him, like, hey, against this secondary, we can, you got to get right against this group, right? So um, that would be the other priority, I think. Like Stafford's got something to play for as well. Now that said, they've beat them five in a row. They've beat them five in a row through a variety of different personnel groups and quarterbacks. And, you know, they beat them five in a row. Like that's not nothing. Um, But I think as it relates to Trey or Jimmy, there were things that happened in the game last week. You and I have both watched the game again, the Texans-Niner game. And um, you see why in some plays Kyle would want to go with Garoppolo and why he drafted Trey Lance combined in the same play, right? Like when Trey Lance rolls out, and you and I talked about this on Sunday, but when he ro- there was one play where he rolls out, he's got Kittle in the flat, doesn't throw it to him, hesitates, then ends up like back foot, defender in his face, throwing around the guy, downfield to Trent Sherfield at the sideline, bam. It's, it was my favorite throw of the day against the Texans. That's everything in one play. It's why didn't he throw it where he was supposed to throw it? Oh, my God, look at that throw he made. Same thing on their own goal line, right? Drop back, double slants on the left doesn't throw it to Kittle. I think it might have been the, uh, maybe Debo on the other side, whoever it was, instead scrambles, ends up scrambling on his own goal line. Oh, my God, what was he doing? Boom, hits Ayuk coming across the field for a first down. So in, in one play, we're seeing what he brings that Jimmy doesn't bring and why he might scare you a little bit as a coach. And I think right now, given the circumstances, Kyle's fallback would probably be, just give me the guy that'll do what I tell him to do. And then we can deal with developing a quarterback later, but I don't think he's going to have that choice this week. Do you know? I mean, I don't know if it
3: it might've been my favorite throw just because Jimmy doesn't have the capability of doing this toward the end of the first half, they took a shot to Iuke on a go route. And when he let it rip and it probably flew 35, 40 yards in the air, I'm like, I don't even think he stepped into that. Is he going to, is he going to throw a pick and the ball just kept climbing, kept climbing. It was fucking easy. And it hit Ayuk. Now, it would have been an impossible catch. Even Archuleta was like, that would have been an insane catch. It wasn't really a catchable ball, given, like, kind of how close he was covered. Yeah. But the only person that could touch it was Ayuk, And the ease in which he threw the go route, which, let's face it, the Niners do not run go routes. In a league that is full of go routes, like, every team has them. The I Raiders, know, I
2: see him every time the Niners play. The, the Raiders run them just to get From past their
3: That pass is like, you can open up the offense. Because guess what happens when you can push go routes? You can run the ball easier. Because they have to put the safeties back there. There was a play last night when Ben, it was like, a, I don't know, RPO or something, and he got rid of the ball, and then he went like this. And Peyton Manning was like, I think he's mad because he should have handed the ball off. Look where the safeties are. Because when you play the, even though he's more of a dink and dunk quarterback, all their wide receivers in Pittsburgh are flying, right? Well, look at Debo and Iuke. They can run. So you start being able to do that. That's where, to me, if they're going to win this game with Trey, which is going to be very difficult, you have to take some deep shots. And not just, they run, it, the play might change a little bit, but they do the, the the touchdown play they threw to Debo. They run plays in that family, right? Long play action stuff that with Jimmy and then the routes change but the concepts don't. Play action, you go, they all bite because the run game's working. You're fucking back there eating a the hot dog going who do I want to throw? Now, the difference with Trey is you can move those routes deeper down the field and I think Trey said in his press conference we ran a similar concept like that I think in the preseason game or maybe the Seattle game uh, that they hit a touchdown. Remember the guy was wide open in the corner but it was a similar type thing. You can also just run three to five step drops if you get man-to-man coverage. And part of this goes back to Kyle going, he doesn't if he's not sure of the coverage, he's not going to call the play. So once he gets more, and it might not, it's probably won't happen this week, but like with Trey big picture, once you get more comfortable, like, I know we're in man, and that's where all the great coaches are, and that's where Kyle is with Jimmy. The problem is Jimmy just can't execute the deep passes. Trey, take these shots. I mean, I would say his best attribute right now of his raw self is just the power in that thing. And it is like rewatching it, it's just like, God, this guy has a much more powerful arm than Jimmy. I think sometimes Jimmy's arm looks more powerful because of how fast he gets rid of the ball. I don't yep. think the ball is relatively like compared to the top passers as powerful as the Staffords, the Kylers, the, you know, the, the Trays, the, the power arm guys. Yeah. Josh well, think-
2: Allen's, Mahomes. I think Jimmy's quick release is, you know, any for any quarterback getting rid of the ball quickly, but there's release times. And then there's how quickly does it get from A to B, right? So in other words, Garoppolo could get the ball out quicker than Trey, but the velocity's faster. So it gets to the the end result at the same time. And I give Garoppolo, again, I give Garoppolo a lot of credit. And I said it on the last podcast. I think, I don't know exactly the story behind, you know, Tom Brady went to Tom House. And I, I don't know that, did, did he go to Tom as well? But um, uh, his his release, I think he maximizes what he has physically. Jimmy does to his You're credit because right. he's clearly uh, uh, a me- he clearly has mechanics that have been heavily worked on. And he I he's th- been coached by
3: some pretty highly paid uh, offensive minds and yes. just coaches.
2: <laughs> I do think, and I, and I was maybe I don't know if you have an opinion on this after watching it a second time, or and people listening or watching this have a take. I could be just kind of. Imagining this because we talked about it so much in the first after the Arizona game, his how quickly he, you know, was his release any shorter or was his motion any shorter uh, against the Texans than it was against Arizona? I think it might have been at the bottom point of where he holds the ball not quite i think he might have brought it up and gotten out gotten rid of it quicker than he did against arizona but i could be wrong again it was i didn't spend a lot of time looking at that just because it wasn't an issue against houston i i I I think felt a little quicker i watched today like if you really pay attention it's still a little elongated i think he was
3: just much more decisive in his decision when he saw it he let it rip and i think part of it is you can nitpick josh allen a little longer but when josh sees it he goes And I think that's just going to, you just go, go. You're never going to have Marino, Jimmy, even Derek, just whoop, whoop, right? It's just, that's how he gets his torque. But you watch Josh Allen, he gets his torque, but it goes, you know? So it's just, it's about part of the, you know, the worst guy ever, right? And this is why he was such a polarizing guy coming out of college was Tim Tebow. And people like his, the the thing, the number one thing with Tebow was like, the release was too long. And then you watched him like when he was, uh, who drafted him? Oh, the, uh, the Broncos. It was just... it took In the so first long. round, you might recall. It just took so long. In and the
2: first it, round.
3: It not only took so long, his arm then wasn't that powerful. So yeah. it's a double whammy.
2: Or accurate. For, yeah, it was just kind of just It double. was really the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> Slow, inaccurate, weak. Yeah, it's bad. Um, you know, there is an aspect to him, I wonder with Trey... What Kyle said early in the year about how, you know, when he when Trey Lance is in the game, he doesn't quite know how to call offense for him. It's, or it's a challenge, right? Because of the defense. Doesn't know As what he's it, seeing. It, it's different than the defense that they played against Jimmy Garoppolo. I do wonder if they can win this week or if the Saints lose. But ideally, if they win this week and then head into the playoffs, is there a little pocket that you get? And you get this at the beginning of a player's career before the defense has seen a lot of them where you can take advantage of what is difficult for you is also difficult for them.
3: I would say, and this is the one kind of knock so far in his early career for being an athlete. I think people probably assumed he was a little more explosive of an athlete. So part of, I think, the reason you take advantage, I remember early Kyler or Lamar, it was like, holy shit, this guy at any moment's like, take off, bro, go. That's not really, like, for him to win, he's kind of got to throw. Now, he occasionally can, like, keep plays alive and run for, you know, I would say under 15 yards. But he's not going to have these plays where it's like, oh, my God, 360 on the sideline, another 15 yards up the field. Like, to me, that's an element of, like, how do you prepare for these guys? Because that became like Lamar and Kyler. Once they, you know, Kyler was a pretty good passer from day one. Lamar really improved. What do you do? (laughs) Like, the guy in the open field basically turns into Justin Jefferson, right? Or, you know, Alvin Kamara. That's the one thing you watch him run. He's not, and I told you this, the the one run that stood out to me was there was like a scramble where he had enough room, but guys were going to chase him. And I felt like he was running as fast as he could. And it looked like he was running faster than other times. Because I think other times when he scrambles outside the pocket to then run, he's like unsure if, you know, he's, and I would understand this, does Kyle want me to throw? Did I miss my read? There's There has to be just an insane amount of information going through the guy's head i I don't want to run but should i run is it there like what you know what was i supposed to do did i see the right defense Fuck, they're actually in zone that means i can run here it's just a lot you know i I, think jalen hurts a couple weeks ago i retweeted it just gave this they asked him about a specific play and he gave this like minute soliloquy of how they'd coached in practice what he had been taught his entire life against the coverage and then the coverage, he's like, I don't know if they blew the coverage or they just ran the coverage a different way than we would ever saw. And the guy was in the flat and then the zone dropper. It was like, you have to be so intelligent to just have a shot. <laughs> and then well, you have to have years to kind of let it
2: all matriculate in your head. Do you notice uh, two, two takes on that? I think it's a good point, like why some young quarterbacks get a fast start. Um, I was texting with Jeff Schwartz because I saw somebody tweet something about the Bucks game. Like, look at these two guys. They don't know who the center is. I was like, Jeff, what's going on here? He's like, no, they know who the center is. Sue's just lined up in the wrong gap. That's the problem they're having. And whoever the other defensive player was, was trying to tell him you're in the wrong gap. Usually former players, when you ask them something, will go, well, I don't know what their coach to do. Like, they get that there's a million different things that could be happening. People who didn't play are always like, I can't believe they did that thing. Idiots. Former players like, you know, I'm not exactly sure what they're supposed to do here because the game is so complicated i think that's what's cool about football is your average most people who know about football can know quite a bit and there's still like seven other layers to what's going on on the field at any given time and it's a really layered game you can enjoy football as a hardcore football film studier or you can enjoy football as a casual fan or somewhere in the middle right there's something for everybody uh going on in the sport which is what makes it great um to your point on him running the ball you know, having watched again several times the early in the game, I think the play that I attach to the most to say I think he's a, still a little bit unsure running the ball. It was a, a decision he had to make, either to give. I think it was Elijah Mitchell on a fourth and short, or to pull and try to run. What he ended up doing, run left to try to get to the stick, which is what he did. He pulled it.
3: And there's Eric, a lot. Of, is that when Eric Reed's brother tackled him in the open yeah, field?
2: Yep. And there was a lot of discussion about should he have pulled it. Or should he have given it? And my issue, I think the more I watched it, was not should he have pulled or given. My issue was if he just runs straight hard to the sideline, he gets the first down. But he kind of wasn't sure what to do. And I think with Trey Lance, the things that he's sometimes unsure to do in the run game, he's actually pretty sure of himself, I think, at times in the pass game. Now, he's thrown a couple interceptions, two, in fact. That he did the wrong thing, especially this last week against the Texans, Kyle Shanahan said he should have checked it down to a running, checked it down or thrown it away. But I think the two picks that he's he's thrown are kind of representative of how confident he is throwing the football at times and how much confidence he has in his arm, because he's made some pretty and I'm going to use this word arrogant throws. For two picks. His his pick against Arizona, you right. Remember, was like he rolls out. He's on the run. He tries. To, I think he was trying to get it to was it Travis Benjamin or Ayuk. He tries to like layer it over two guys into a hole on the sideline while he's moving. And the pick he had against the Texans was a ridiculous. I mean, there was no window to try and get the ball to Kittle, and he still tried to do it. And I do think these are things that would lead to fast lessons if he were playing every day. And it's why I think that if Trey. Unless I'm kind of moving on to the next discussion. If well, Trey, I, I want
3: to end it on this one really quick. Okay. I,
2: I think part of it and the, the
3: experience part about coming from a smaller school, there's a cocky, like a guy that's being talked about, like kind of a cocky asshole in a good way is Burrow. Well, if you think about Joe Burrow, he went to Ohio state had to think in the back of his mind like i can't believe they went with dwayne haskins over me and then dwayne haskins ended up getting drafted in the first round but in joe Burrow's mind, like i'm better than this guy and remember he hurt his thumb or whatever then goes to lsu they're playing all the sec which no one can even argue now is by far the best conference also the, the side they play on is by far the best division in all of college football he eviscerated them so when he got here now he doesn't play like trey lance but his confidence level when he stepped on the field, like, okay, I fucking let's roll. I just need some more talent around him. By his second year, he's got talent around him. He's just playing like he played at LSU. The play you're talking about where Reed gets him, Cam Newton's a good example. When he got into the NFL, even year one, his cockiness as a runner was like, well, I've been running over dudes at Alabama and, and I, LSU the last year. I did that. I at My year at Florida, I was trucking dudes when I was a scout team quarterback. There's he's secure in his cockiness. Like, I'm not... Like, part of being a quarterback, you got to have a little cockiness. And I think Trey is figuring it out because that play is like... I wonder if he thought, like, could I kind of truck this guy? I'm bigger than, I think, Justin Reed's his name, Stanford. Could I I get this guy? Or am I fast enough to get to the corner? Well, he doesn't... He's not, like, just secure enough in just his own ability to pick a lane. And then he kind of half-assed it. And then Justin Reed's been playing in the NFL now for several years. Fucking destroyed him. That guy, I, I left that game thinking, like, I kind of like Reed. like is he he's more athletic than his brother? Like he's just he's a more fluid athlete, but he's a hitter. And I think part of it is just the only way for a guy that it's rare because it was the Parcells thing and it was conventional wisdom. And part of it is like in the NFL, it's not the NBA. You've played in college for three years. So at minimum, you're probably a two- year starter. Like you've just had years of starting. and most guys that get drafted, especially high, are power are division one players, but a lot of power five guys. This guy is just, there's a big jump. Like anyone that listening to this, that have skied, there's a big difference between the bunny Hills and like the double black diamonds. But once you get good at skiing, if you've done some double black diamonds, they're not as intimidating. And I'm not even talking about like whether he's, he's got to work on accuracy and just basic things, but there is just like, I am faster than this guy. Like there's when Lamar plays, I noticed it in Tyler Huntley watching the Rams against the Ravens. Like, Tyler Huntley's a cocky player in a good way. Like when he runs, he's like, I'm going to beat this guy. Well, he's been doing it for like three or four years now. Started forever at Utah. Be- they're beating the crap out of people. Now he, he makes the Ravens and then they keep pumping him up. Then he has some success. They're like, bro, run. You know, they- I-, I think part of it is just a built in confidence that most guys in the NFL get a large percentage of that when they're playing at Michigan, when they're playing at Ohio state, when they're playing at hell Fresno state, like you just build in the reps like, it's I think there's a pretty big difference of the reps he got.
2: Yeah, you know? it's a it's a big it's a big jump to make right to go. What work there is going to work here. You know, it's one thing to go from high school and then you go to college and you OK. Uh, it worked in college. Cool. Maybe it'll work in the NFL. Cool. But his jump is so big and he hasn't. There's also I still think an element of I don't know if rust is the word, but it's just been a while. Because I do wonder if he's looking for big runs at times. Like, is he trying to break off? Because we watched his college tape. He had s- several big runs in college. He hasn't really had that run yet in the NFL. And I and I think having never done it, the number one thing, if you did the, the, uh, the hypothetical that everyone always says, if I gave you the football and said there's going to be a hole, could you pick up a yard in the NFL? I think the answer to that question is no. But – the one thing I do know is this. If you don't choose immediately which hole to hit, you have no chance. If you don't make a decision right away, if you're ever caught between cut and sprint, you're going to get blown up. Do you think you could get out of bounds on the toss play?
3: Just get to the no, bounce. I don't think I could. Even if I ran straight out of bounds. You couldn't. No, one, most people couldn't. No chance. Yeah. No chance.
2: All right. Um, let's go on to the next level of this conversation with, with Trey Lance. And it's kind of a carryover of what we just talked about. Which is, I I think if he had played all year long, that he would be having the most promising season from a rookie quarterback right now. I don't know if he'd be having the best season. But the reason I say most promising is because I think he'd be doing things physically that Mac Jones just cannot do. And he I think he'd be by far more productive than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. It'd be between him and Mac Jones in this conversation. And Mac might have better numbers in that instance then. But I think Trey would be doing things every single week because he started two games. And in both starts, he's done things that most players just can't do. He's done things that make you go, "Okay, that is at least the physical talent." Whether or not Kyle Shanahan overpaid, he is displaying some of the physical tools that are worthy of where he was drafted. I think he'd be better than Trevor Lawrence right now. I think he'd be better than Justin Fields right now. I'd um, be better than Zach Wilson right now. That's my belief based on watching him start two games in this offense with this group of players. And I think part of it is what we talked about with his interceptions. I think the the two interceptions he's thrown, and who knows how many he'd have if he, I mean, he's had one every start. So he, you know, might have 17 at this point. Well, you know who leads the league? You know who leads the league? In picks, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and he's got 17, so yep. uh, over one a game. Um, I I think even those interceptions, like we talk about, are, are plays that they're, they're not a result of physical errors so much as they are a result of mental, like trying to do something that you don't need to try to do. And I think that's an area where quarterbacks can learn really quickly if given the chance to learn. The difference, it'd be one of those classic like week sixes. You know, Kyle Shanahan told us before the game, all he wanted to see was Trey throw it away in that spot. You hear that a lot with young quarterbacks. guy. We, we fawn, oh, he just threw it away in that spot. Great decision. Don't try to do too much. And I think the interceptions he's thrown are examples of a guy maybe not forcing the issue because he feels a pressure to do too much, but just trying to find his way, make some plays that physically he's been able to make in years past. And, um, you know, who knows if he's starting every week, maybe that interception he threw against the Texans, maybe he makes the decision to do something else faster. Maybe he sells the fake better, but maybe he just checks it down or throws the ball away. If that's the 15th or 16th game he's played instead of the second game he started.
3: Well, Lawrence has 17 and he's played every game. Ten touchdowns. Zach Wilson and uh, Justin Fields have both been injured during the season. Now, Trey, he's played two and a half games and he got injured after his True. first start. Yep. So I, I don't know there's a guarantee given the way he plays and given he would take a lot more hits probably than... Mac has actually taken a decent amount of hits, but they're pocket hits. He's not running. Would he have gotten injured? You know? And, and maybe he would have learned quicker who he can... And, and maybe that's where he tried to build on the second game from that first game of knowing when he can run. He's like, I don't want to take hits because there was a scramble up the middle slash like a... It might've just been a quarterback draw where he clearly, the guys were kind of coming, he hit the ground before they got there. Now he's not a slider, but he's a diver. And then those guys couldn't hit him, which always makes me nervous right now. I don't want you to do something you can't do, but you see how easy Kyler Murray does a slide and get up or Aaron Rodgers Like
2: they are protecting themselves,
3: you know, Like when you when you dive, you're Cam. New- like
2: you're gonna take. Think hits. about it, Kyler. Ky- think about it from Kyler's perspective. He has always played against bigger players his whole life, probably right. His entire life. Trey has predominantly played against players not as big as him,
3: and he was a star baseball player, right? So I mean, he slides and he's and and that's just, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's an element Kyler. there. Yep. but I do think it's fair to say like Zach Wilson's his ratio. Twelve games started, eleven picks. Fields was ten games started, uh, ten picks. So you know Trey's two and two. Like I, I, turning the ball over. I mean Matt Stafford has a bunch of picks. Like now where he makes it up, well, I'd say he's the difference. Like he's he has thirty eight touchdowns.
2: See that's that to me would be the difference between between Mac
3: has twenty one touchdowns. Do you think if Trey had started sixteen games, assuming he could stay healthy, I mean I, I don't yes, know if he did, do. maybe twenty five, but they 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 don't really play that way. No, or but that's because Jimmy. I don't know. We're gonna find out next year.
2: Um. I think his his threat to run, I mean, we, we'd add a couple running touchdowns, I think, on the goal line. I think it would open up the passing game on the goal line. But I think that he would have – this, to me, would be the difference between – and I should mention Davis Mills, too. I mean, Davis Mills is second among rookie quarterbacks in touchdown passes with 13. But I, I think if you're going to mention the interceptions of these rookies, you should mention the touchdowns, too. So Lawrence is 10 touchdowns, 17 picks. Zach Wilson's 8 touchdowns, 11 picks. Justin Fields is 7 touchdowns, 10 picks. I think Lance is five touchdowns, two picks. By the way, I think Lance, while he would throw picks, would also I think he'd have more touchdowns than interceptions. And is, I don't think it, it'd be like thirteen to ten. Davis Mills. I think it'd be, I think it'd be in the Mac Jones range. Yeah, and
3: you're right. He'd have some rushing touchdowns. Now Zach Wilson has, to my count, four rushing touchdowns, and Fields only has two. But like those guys are athletic players, right?
2: Yeah, I think he'd be a better runner today. I I thought after tra- the draft,
3: tra- I, I, listen, I'm not trying to cape for Trevor Lawrence. I just kind of went with conventional wisdom, this great prospect. I can't pretend I watched them that much beside the playoff games just because their regular season games were... Their regular season games are hard to watch, right? The Clemson over, over the Trevor Lawrence era, like Boston College, UNC, it sucks. He has been terrible. Now, their team is... Uh, like, of all the teams, he is by far in the biggest train wreck. Hell, the Bears, like, they've been winning some games, right? Uh, the The... The the Jets are playing hard. They gave the 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 Jags are a joke. I mean, they're the, everyone's been forwarding us the thing on Twitter how they're showing up in clown masks. Like it's do you, do you almost give them a pass this year? Like I don't even know. Like I don't even know what to make of it.
2: Yeah, I don't know what to make of it either. Um, I do think the times I've watched him, it's at least been obvious to me. Like physically, he yeah. still looks. That, but that's he's never been super the athletic. He's tall. Like, he's he's got a good arm. He's he can yeah, run. So. I mean, you'd like for him to, have, uh, yeah, it's a mess. They were a how mess. Many, how, many t-
3: how many teams, guy, have back-to-back number one overall picks? A lot of teams, like the, the Bengals are a good example. They get Joe Burrow, number one pick. He gets hurt in the middle of the season, so they have to start terrible quarterbacks. They're terrible. They still draft five. You know I mean? When you draft back-to-back number one overall, and they're going to get number one overall
1: kind of easily
3: this year. Like, they're cruising to the number one overall. That's, that's pretty embarrassing.
2: The last team to do so it's happened three times. 76-77, the Bucks were a joke then. Yucks. They were a joke again in the 80s when it happened. It happened to them twice. Happened to them twice. And then it happened in uh four, ninety five to the Bengals. Can you remember who, any guesses who the they went well, defense? Well, one of them would have been the Oregon quarterback, right? Oh, no, that was a, No, that little was little later. Little later. That was Achilles later. Dan Wilkinson? Correct.
3: Uh, the Johnna other one's Carter. easier,
2: yep. Great knowledge. Great fucking knowledge. Yeah. Back, so Remember
3: when running backs used to go number one overall?
2: <laughs> well, Gettleman's one of them, like, I tried. One of them, I, I could swear it was Arian Foster playing the guy in the movie uh, Draft Day. His name was like Roy, like Ray Donovan or something. Uh, but he goes like top 10 because they have two ones. Because remember, Costner traded three ones to move from like seven to one and then got all three of them back. And move back? Yeah, then moves back, and then they, the Seahawks take Bo Callahan, and then he gets his running back, who's like his dad played for the Browns, whatever. Yeah, that's it. those were the old days. Is Bo. that when the one
3: coach, of like Iowa, who was Bo Callahan's coach, lied to him on the phone? Like, he's a great like, kid.
2: Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah no one came lo- to his birthday party. He
3: loves football. And then he calls him back. He's like, tell me about his birthday party.
2: <laughs> uh, P. Diddy as uh, Bo Callahan's agent. That's so. Yeah, man, I, I I said before the draft that I thought whoever the Niners drafted had the best at quarterback, if they took the quarterback, would have the best chance to be the offensive rookie of the year. It didn't mean he'd be guaranteed to be better than the rest of them. But given Kittle and Debo and the run game and all of that, he'd just be best set up. Well, it turned out, you know, it'd be it'd be hard to have a better year from a productivity standpoint than sixty-eight percent, thirty five hundred yards. 21 touchdowns, 12 picks, and you know maybe 11 wins for Mac Jones. I don't. I'm not saying the Niners would have more wins if Trey had been the starting quarterback, but I'm confident enough in him right now, based on what we've seen, to say that he would be having the most promising rookie year, maybe the best one, but definitely the most promising. And I think, would you agree with this? Like, if we drew a line and said, "Tell me the quarterbacks having a good rookie season on one side and having a bad rookie season on the other side." On the good side, you'd put Mac Jones, and you'd probably put Davis Mills. Yeah, and the rest of them you'd put on the other side. I think you would just I, to be more. I, Trevor, you might put
3: bad, but I think you'd have to put the circumstance. I think Justin Fields and Zach Wilson would just be like limited information, <laughs> hard to kind of tell. I, 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 it's hard for just me to judge. They've a each only played
2: twelve games,
3: and the team sucks. Why? Well, so that's what I'm saying. I'm
2: not. I'm <laughs> not saying they suck. I'm just saying has it gone well or poorly? Yeah. I, me, I say yeah, Zach Poorly Fields not great. Okay, Trevor I think Lance poorly. would be in the. It's gone well. That's my ultimate point. Is I think Lance would be in the smaller category, which is it's gone well. Category. Yeah, I, it would have been difficult. I would
3: say this. It would have been very because to me, Mac Jones is even close to the offensive rookie of the year. It would have taken like for him to win that award because obviously, I mean, Jamar Chase, who is having like a historic rookie season, could could Trey Lance have had you know a. 28 touchdowns, including running total, and like you know, 12, 13 picks, and they win 11 games. But he's the Niners' quarterback and doing explosive shit. And this game shouldn't
2: even matter this weekend. They'd already be in the playoffs. That's the irony. If Jimmy, would you would you, if Jimmy doesn't get hurt, they might beat the Titans and already be in the playoffs. You wouldn't be getting Trey Lance right now, but you would be guaranteed playoffs. It's
3: hard for me to say that because I know. Like, I know. Jimmy played well in spurts after he threw the bad pick in that game, so it's like I I don't know. I know. But honestly, like I've I, we've all seen Jimmy with healthy fingers and he made that same pass. <laughs> Even though that one slow motion was weirder than others because yeah. the way yeah. it came out of his hand. Yeah. But uh I feel like a Jimmy apologist here, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to know. No. I understand. It's been a bizarre I I think big picture. It's pretty nuts a lot of random bad shit had to happen for that. Like they should not be in this position. It's pretty disappointing that they have to fight for the last game of the season to get in. Like they are better than this. It's, it's a, we talked about this on Sunday, but
2: it's a pretty big failure. If they missed the playoffs and didn't develop Trey Lance. Now you could argue, well, maybe he did develop sitting and I would say you might be right about that. We won't know the answer to that until a month into next season. Um, but if, if they missed the playoffs, and didn't play Trey Lance, and then next year we're in early October, and it's like, well, you know what, Trey Lance just almost there. You go, well, okay, so are you going to miss the playoffs in twenty two? I would say this, like they, regardless of what happens now, but especially if they miss the playoffs this year, they've they've then got to make the playoffs next year. Which again, good thing I they, would get say, third, they get a third play schedule. You know, <laughs> it's true. I would say this. I wouldn't write that. I, I think they very well could make the playoffs next year. I'm not saying they can't because they could. I think they could have made the playoffs this year with Trey Lance as their quarterback. I think they could be in the same position. Um, NFC gets the home game next year for the we 17th game. Oh, that's big. So, but my point is just that is that's our conversation for another time. But that will be the expectation going into the year. You didn't play Trey Lance next year. So hopefully he's ready to go and you can go be, uh, you know playoff level team in 2022 agreed all right john before we go any further let's tell the people about indeed indeed.com slash ham right now where you sign up at indeed.com slash ham you got a 75 dollar credit to sponsor your first job post yep guy indeed.com slash ham
3: here's the thing indeed is the only job site you see today came out 4.5 million people quit their jobs. So if you run a business, if you're part of a company, the HR firm, anything that's involved in hiring, there are a lot of human beings just out there. That if, and obviously a lot of people need to make hires. Well, the, the, uh, the group of individuals looking for jobs, hi, a lot of people out there. So Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring pro- process. They find great talent through time-saving tools, like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates. They're able to use these queries and algorithms and find you the person that you want for your job. Hiring's difficult, you know. We we, we can relate. It's, it's hard, so
2: use indeed.com/am. Yep, it is an unbelievably powerful hiring uh, partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So this is like your own person. You you are the athletics director, and they are your search firm. But unlike some search firms, they do all the heavy lifting for you. And uh, you know they're not going to cost you eight hundred thousand dollars like a college football search firm might. Actually, like fifty to one twenty-five. It's a lot of money. Good scam they got going. Uh, yeah, Prize Picks is where it's at. Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than five million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less. Season-long pick, quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to one hundred times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go Anthony Edwards more than twenty-nine points and Nikola Jokic more than ten rebounds. Playoff times the time to join because star players mean more on Prize Picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board. And you could receive a ten percent payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Prize Picks code HAM50 first deposit match up to hundred bucks. Prize Picks pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com/ham and another special deal: free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast. Okay, so this is where you get your applicate. Your applicants have over 135 assessments from tests to cooking to coding, pick what skills are important to you, and then you get a clear view of your top talent's abilities faster. Right now, go to indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. $75 off. Podcast also brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. We are sponsored by betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Better help online therapy. Check them out at betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Here's the thing, guy. This
3: is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. The service is available for clients worldwide, all without ever having to sit in the uncomfortable waiting room. Listen, we all need someone to talk to sometimes. That's where BetterHelp.com/slash/HamPod comes in. All virtual: your home office, your computer, wherever you are, your phone in your car. Uh, no one has or live, to know. Live chat. Live whatever you need. We all need someone to talk to. I mean, we every single human can relate to that. And that's
2: where better help comes in. Betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Ten percent. Invest in everything else. Why not invest in your mind? Betterhelp.com slash ham pod for ten percent off. Yep, good point. B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash ham pod. Betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Iceman uh, on YouTube says, can you be my therapist? You guys. Yeah, what are your issues? Uh, if they're like uh, Garoppolo, Lance related, we can help. If it's real mental health, then I would say consult a professional. I mean, depending on what the topic is, I could probably help you out. Yeah, I mean, we got takes, but, yeah. uh, you know. But I, th- but I think most,
3: you know, we've all been through stuff.
2: Sometimes Absolutely. You just, you, know. you just need someone to listen. Yeah, there's I'm no not doubt. Gr- I'm not a great listener, Is the problem. Um, by the way, here's a note for you. Check this out. Elijah Mitchell has had at least 100 rushing yards in five of his first 10 career games. Only three other rookie running backs since 1990 have had at least five 100-yard games in their first 10. Those other three are Edgerrin James, who had seven 100-yard games in his first 10. Adrian Peterson, who had six 100-yard games in his first 10 career games. And Ezekiel Elliott, who did it five times, same number as Elijah Mitchell. Wow. How about that?
3: Sometimes, you know, you got to give them credit. They've hit on some later round picks. And, uh, you know, part of there's two ways to look at it. If they could do a redo, they would not have taken Trey Sermon. Yeah, because you can just they found Breda as an undrafted free agent. They've now found their starting running back as a uh, as a six round pick. And Mozart came out of nowhere, right? He had been cut by countless NFL teams. COVID list. (laughs) With a knee that doesn't work. I saw that. It's like, okay, we're putting Raheem Mozart on the COVID list. But it does show you, like, one thing, if I could tell Kyle, don't, and now they they, they have to keep drafting running backs because they lose them, but don't ever take one before, like, pick 200. There's just, just take corners and defensive linemen and offensive linemen. Like, take all your swings there, wide receivers but running backs like you guys just don't don't waste the ammo because of all the redos they could have that has to feel like one cuz they found a legit player. And you can just it's so easy to find guys off the scrap heap. You know, tra- taking a third round running back, you're kind of hoping he's going to be Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, right? I mean those those guys go in like second and third round. Right? Starting running backs all around the league. So it's it's a positive because the kid is like you watch him you go this guy's really good right he's he can run inside he can run outside and catch the ball he's he's elusive he's physical he can break arm tackles i wouldn't call him like a blazer but he's fast he's shifty he's like patient but he's decisive i mean he's running backs my favorite position in the nfl i remember keith williams who's now on the uh wide receiver coach with with uh T Martin for the Ravens used to get in arguments with all his wide receivers. He's like, and he's, he his Twitter accounts like at wideouts. He's Devonte Adams, like best friend slash mentor slash coach. He actually told, said one time, like running backs, actually my favorite position. And everyone was like, look at him weird, but it made sense. Like it encapsulates. There was a play on Derek's. Do you see the play that went viral on Derek Carr to Renfro? Uh, yes. J- yeah, J- Josh Jacobs had a blitz pickup. Actually, it might have been the touchdown to Renfro. Like, you have to blitz pick up as a running back. Like, full-on sprinting outside linebackers, inside linebackers, sometimes defensive linemen. Like, whoever the guy is, if he's coming across your face, you have to take him out on top of catching the ball, running inside, running outside. It is... What Kyle asked these guys to do is there can't be a more violent position in the league at running back. I've watched Derrick Henry for years. I know he got hurt this year, but he does not take the violent collisions for a guy with 7 million attempts that I've seen Kyle's running backs take just this season alone. Sometimes when he did, I mean, we were, we hopped on this before we went live after the Houston game with like under five minutes. They're still running Debo's like, what are we doing? Like you're going to get this guy killed. Cause the one, I'll give all these guys credit, especially the younger players. Debo's the oldest of the group. They don't act like I'm not trying to get hit. Like they seek contact. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of people act like the NFL I, is, you know, the pussy version of what it used to be. And in, in many aspects, it is just because of the hitting, like, the, I understand, like, uh, we might be talking to a hard hitting safety this week sure. where those guys, you know, go, this is a different game. I get it. You watch Kyle's running backs. You can't tell me it looks that different than it's ever looked in the collisions that are going down
2: Yeah, Maybe it's a softer version of the NFL, but it's not soft. And I think to your point, we we spent a lot of time on Kittle specifically with that, like other tight ends don't have to block like Kittle blocks. Running backs is just, we talk about it every year at the beginning of the season. You're not going to get on the field, regardless of how your offense plays or what your coach prioritizes, even, especially even if your coach doesn't run the ball much. If they prioritize throwing the football, there's still going to be a requirement of the running back to understand and be willing to block. And to your point you know, receivers block. That's a big deal. No block, no rock. But they're blocking other DBs for the most part, right? They're and not you, blocking it, guys D, twice most their DBs size. DBs are not Sherman. that, like love to tackle.
3: You're just kind of out there. Holding
2: and up. even cor- even if you're lucky enough as a running back to end up blocking a corner on a blitz, well, that guy's got a 15 yard sprint coming at you.
3: Did you see the right? vi- Did you see the viral video of? I think his name is Pickens, the wide receiver for Georgia. I did, yeah, it's George Pickens, I think, right? George Pickens, who shushed him at the sideline, grabbed the DB. I mean, destroyed him and then shushed him again. That was a play where I'm sure we'll get into Harbaugh. Maybe he's like, yeah, maybe we can't ever beat these guys. That was that was eye opening. Like I, yeah. I bet that corner views himself as a pretty good player, right? He got destroyed.
2: And Pickens is viewed as a fan. he's a known for being a receiver, right? Like that's yeah. he's a really Tall. good receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, I did start thinking about use not to go off on Elijah, but I mean use checks an... it's just. The more you watch him, and we've watched him for years now. I mean, he's been on the Niners for five years. But the more you watch Yuzcheck, the more you just understand how why he's so important to Shanahan because he just he is so unique. His his ability to catch imperfect throws, his ability to block, his ability to block in the run game and in the pass game. Really, the amount of attention you have to spend on him so he can he's used in misdirections all the time, right? There's just not a lot of guys like him. He's having—he's not having a career year, but he's having probably—I don't know—it's hard to say. I haven't really dived into the numbers, but maybe one of—I mean—one of his best years as a Niner. I mean, he's got 30 catches now. That he's going to play another game. If he has four catches in this game, his career high is 33 as a Niner. He's had better receiving years in Baltimore, but do you know who the Niners' backup fullback is? Oh, uh, the guy from Fresno State. Yeah,
3: what's his name? Uh, I don't know how you, Hoke it. It might be uh, Hoke it. Yeah. Josh Hoke, Hoke, it. Hoke it. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool.
2: I think the thing with Elijah and it goes back to what we said about him when we watched, if you go back and watch an old YouTube we did after the draft and you watch his Louisiana tape and you go, this guy run this, like, it is so easy to picture him as a Kyle Shanahan running back. When you watched, if you go back and watch the video, we did a lot. If you can just search the YouTube, our channel, type in Elijah Mitchell, you'll find it. And what we said at the time was, it's he just looks because of how hard he hits every run, like a Cal Shanahan running back. And I think, the, to me, the most, the simplest way to describe what I've seen from Mitchell this year is, he looks in the NFL, the same way he looked in the whatever league Louisiana plays in.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, which is a leap. Up.
2: It's a leap up in in ability and uh, opposition.
3: He was clearly one of that guy's best players for a couple of years, and that guy's now the head coach at Florida, Billy right? Napier. <laughs>
2: That's how they would have said it if he would have taken the LSU job. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's how Brian Kelly says it. The Sun Belt, John. So he looks in the in the NFL the same way he looked in the Sun Belt, which is which uh, is, which is the listen. I
3: I love the draft. Always have. Uh, still to do to this day. Uh, now I get bored. You know, in the later rounds, but it the later rounds are cool after the fact, right? Like now. Like I, I, I couldn't have jumped for joy about Elijah Mitchell, but it's easy to go, "What a pick!" Or you know, you just you can do it with whoever you're a fan of, right? Hunter Renfro. I was texting with a buddy that does the SEC last night. I'm like, "God, how good's Hunter Renfro?" He's like, "You know, the craziest thing about Renfro is like everyone in the area loved him. It was harder to convince the GMs and the assistant GMs that were in the office because like, he's like, I went to countless Clemson games, and I think it's like this with an Elijah Mitchell, but it's probably different at that level." where you just leave and you go, the best player on the field was Elijah Mitchell. The best player on the field was Hunter Renfro. And you love the guy, but then, you know, the GM, they're in the building, they have this wide view, you know, If and it's impossible. Like a GM can't go through every school because when you go through these schools, I'll vividly remember, they start telling you the stories about the kid and you like the player, you're like, I fucking love this guy, you know? And they are just, every school... You know, in a large, I'd say a large percentage of the guys that are drafted are relatively like high character hard workers. And if you like their film, it's easy to fall in love with guys. And uh, I've talked to people about Elijah Mitchell. He's a guy, and I say this all the time, just because you draft a guy in the fifth round, he might have been one of your favorite players in the draft. I'm not saying Elijah Mitchell was but i bet there were a lot of scouts hunter renfro is a good example like i loved hunter renfro in the draft i thought he was going to be a starting slot receiver for a decade but i couldn't convince my my gm because it's like you know we got to have jamar chase you know i was like well you know what am i going to do there aren't there are like really so many jamar chases but yeah. then like there aren't hunter renfros every year there aren't but with running backs there kind of are Elijah Mitchells every year every single year like there are starting running backs coming from like all over the draft Hell, we're seeing it now. Like, you got a starting running back. What's Najee? First rounder, stud. Elijah, six rounder, stud. I'm sure we could find other guys throughout. The, the Eagles have a guy, uh, I think he went to Memphis, uh, Gainville, I think his name is. He's, you know, cassandra has got hurt. He plays a lot. He's good. You know, every round, you just boom, boom, starter, starter, which is not, you know, obviously a quarterback. That's not the case. Probably the case at wide receiver. Like you, you could, if you watch enough NFL football on Sunday, you can find a wide receiver who's a
2: starter on every team. like,
3: oh, there's a the guy's a third rounder. This guy's a fifth rounder.
2: Yeah, the the Patriots running back Stevenson, fourth well, round. see he in. Ramondre Stevenson, fourth round. Stud. I don't. Where did that guy go to school? Oklahoma. Yeah. Little old school called Oklahoma. <laughs> they ever produced that Hunter that Renfro? Play? Where's that guy from? <laughs> oh, Clemson. Yeah, 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 Clemson. Well, they, I, I, I was just searching
3: him on Twitter because to me, he's a fascinating player. They like Clemson, like one of their fan accounts put out, like, we just had 3,000 yard receivers, and one of them was not DeAndre Hopkins. And it was Higgins, Renfro, and Mike Williams. And you start thinking, you're like, well, no wonder they've been so good. They had all these NFL wide receivers, and they had NFL quarterbacks. And then obviously, they have NFL players at other positions, but. That's how you beat Saban. It's why I actually feel pretty good about our bet. Like, we are betting against, like, that team, I know they did it to Michigan, but, like, to beat Alabama, which really no one ever does, except Clemson and Ohio State did once. Do you know, I went back to that Ohio State box score. Zeke ran for 240 yards. Zeke, who went fifth in the, fourth in the draft, right? And they had Mike Thomas, who had a good game. So it's like, to beat Alabama, you need NFL Offensive skill guys that are going to be awesome at the next level. Because I know Bama has that. Georgia does have the one tight end that's from Napa, who's pretty sweet. The big white guy, who's like 88. He caught a bunch of balls against Michigan. Mm. Think how good you had left my house. We had a little uh, watch party on the second game. This guy went to Napa High School. Can you imagine how good that guy was in high school? To get an offer from the University of Georgia over the last, like obviously, like in the peak
2: of their powers, I, I could be wrong, but for those of you not familiar with California geography, I, I don't know. Like, is Napa playing? Who's Napa playing?
3: Uh, is vintage they play the, is that Napa? Well, they used to play in the Monticello League against Davis High School. Okay, they did. Yeah, Vacaville is Vintage against, High School against, in
2: Napa? Is that where?
3: Yeah, Vintage yeah, okay. is in Napa. So they they played some Sacramento schools, right? Then and, and the, what we kind of came to conclude. Banded. I would imagine maybe the kid came from a little money, went to an SEC camp. That's how he gets spotted. But who knows? Isn't the the guy that took over after Jared Goff, maybe a couple years later, at Iowa State? Isn't the Iowa State quarterback from Marin County? I, Iowa's quarterback. Iowa, not Iowa. Purdy.
2: Not yeah, Purdy, not, but, no, but no, Iowa. The big guy. Iowa, Iowa had two guys this year, Jack Plummer and the other guy. Yeah, who's an Iowa guy. Went from to, I think, Goff's Marin high school. Catholic, yeah. And we'll see wood.
3: Me. We'll see wood. Yeah, we'll see woods. But that, isn't that Fairfield slash Vacaville?
2: Yeah, that's not Napa. But we're just getting some comments. Some, well, yeah, uh, be, some good knowledge that kind of gets my comment. juices flowing. <laughs> uh, all right, John. How about speaking to get your juices flowing? Let's read from uh, Bruce Feldman. I've only got like three Bruce Feldman books behind me.
3: Uh, uh, Bruce, do you know what happened? Your, your camera went. I thought you were in the middle of an earthquake.
2: Oh, they just shook?
3: Because I think when you turned around, you bumped the desk, and I'm like, oh, my God, the earthquake's happening right
2: now. (laughs) I'll knock on wood for that. That day's coming if we do enough streaming. All right, uh, Bruce Feldman in The Athletic wrote this, and now The Athletic is hearing rumblings from both the NFL side and Michigan that Jim Harbaugh might be tempted to leave the Wolverines to return to the NFL. Quote, I think it's real, said one source this week when asked about the possibility of Harbaugh being interested in the NFL uh, Feldman would go on to write extensively about the Raiders and Harbaugh and would include a line that maybe the bears make sense for Jim. You and I have been talking about this for a while. Now, the possibility of Harbaugh returning to, to coach in the NFL. And, uh, and now the discussion has begun once again. And we know once Feldman writes, it, because you, you texted me, you're like Harbaugh, Harbaugh to the Raiders. And I said, wait, did it just happen? I just read Feldman's piece like an hour ago. Cause I started, then I started going through Twitter and people are talking about it now. So it's picking up steam it does
3: make some sense. Once upon a time, you and I had a show associated on a company that was in business with the Raiders and we wanted it to happen. It would have been incredible for business. It was it was much more biased. Like it was might have helped them be good, but it would have been incredible for business. It didn't happen. And there were some stories that Mark Davis might have talked to him under a bridge. Do you remember that? But it like remember when he they mutually parted, he was Michigan. If I remember correctly, when they mutually departed after that last game, 2014, Michigan had a, uh, an announcement within a couple hours. Like it was a, it wasn't there was no delay. He was like the head coach of Michigan pretty immediately. Uh, I, I would be shocked if Mark Davis is not very interested because I think the one thing you still need, and Rich has done an admirable job. And the Raiders are, I think easily becoming one of like the uh, feel good stories of the year, just what Derek, Renfro, the coaching staff, like how they're even in this game. I mean, guy, they just had another DUI. I mean, yesterday, who his agent claimed that it wasn't an actual
2: DUI, but it's like, bro, you can pull him at four in the morning asleep. Asleep on an off ramp in a parking garage, different than like an off ramp on a highway. My question Oh, he was not off the, he was not like on a side ramp, just like getting off a highway. It was on a parking garage ramp. So my question would be, did he just fall asleep while trying to drive or did he realize I got a problem? I better stop the vehicle and just go to sleep but in
3: any event it's bad. Oh, I didn't, I, mean. I didn't I didn't read that much into it. But I Jim Harbaugh like at the end of the day Vegas needs to be like this is a really cool moment for them, right? Having this big game at SoFi or I mean uh, Allegiant. I went and looked like the tickets are really expensive. Vegas is a big game town and they really haven't had that many big games. Now they've only had fans for this one year, but part of having big games you got to be good. And I think you watch it like, well, rugs is never coming back, right? One clip I saw of like Derek running for his life was because Brandon Parker can't block anybody. And I saw that Dubow quoted the tweet, and it's like, why is this guy a right tackle? And Dubow's like, well, because the guy you drafted to be the right tackle couldn't play it, and you moved him to left guard, and Leatherwood was like in the other corner. So, I mean, they got some problems. And Jim Harbaugh, historically, has been a fixer, and he's a pretty famous name, but I would say way different than, while he has some similarities to Gruden, right? He's just, his name is just so big. Like, you just say, Harbaugh, people just get a reaction. Everyone's got an opinion. He's been pretty consistently a winner, right? Like, he's a pretty good football coach. He, he's a much better football... I know Gruden has the one Super Bowl, but, like, over the last 15 years, it's not even a question who's the better football coach. It would be an upgrade as a football coach.
2: He's elevated everything he's taken over. Pretty, four pretty substantially, four. right? Four for four. Yeah, and... The last, you know, you would say um, in both San Francisco and Michigan uh, and really Stanford, it's been tied to into, like, you know, the staff he had at Stanford was obviously a very good staff um, and and he had luck. The staff he had with the 49ers proven again. Greg Roman knows what he's doing. Uh, and he had Vic Fangio and Brad. Had a good Seeley. defensive coordinator. So he had a very good defensive coordinator, but his offensive staff they took a step forward, right? He went and got Josh Gattis a couple of years ago, and and it's they've elevated their offense. Um, he, so he doesn't... His
3: coordinator like a younger guy that he hired from Baltimore, I think, is pretty good.
2: That's right, because he replaced Dr. Blitz. Yeah. Um, who's now the coach at UMass. Um, but he would need that. He would still need that. But I, I think one thing is clear, like, Jim Harbaugh can hire. Jim Harbaugh... Maybe that's the reason they've been losing to Ohio
3: State. Like, I don't know if I'd blitz uh, Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud when they got seven million Marvin Harrison Juniors. Like, let's just let's just play some coverage.
2: Doctor yeah, Blitz, Doctor Blitz. So, um, I think it would work. I think it would be high on Mark's list. I think you're right. I think they were. I think if he didn't take the Michigan job after he left the Niners, he would have taken the Raiders job. I believe that. I think he would have been the Raiders coach. I, I think it made sense for him, obviously, to go to his alma mater. And it made sense for him if he was going to leave the Niners. I think for like for him personally, be like, all right, I'm not going to get run out of the Niners and then go to another NFL job. It's an easier like I'm resetting sell if I go to Michigan to help my alma mater. And on one hand, you could say he just beat Ohio State. He's got it rolling. Now this is the time to stay. To me, it could also you could argue he beat Ohio State. He's probably not going to do that every year. He elevated Michigan. Clearly, this is the time to go.
3: Didn't Michigan make him the highest paid coach in the country when he got that job? I think when he when
2: they hired him but then last year they cut his pay. No,
3: I know, but I mean for for like 5 years he was making like 9 or 10 million. He was making 9 million back when 9 million was most guys were making like 3 or 4.
2: Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, w- this could also be part of that, right? You cut my pay last year pandemic. It's time for me to get my money back and then some. I just had a great year. I did you a solid but now you're going to get have to get on your knees and beg me to stay by paying me a ton of money. That's the position he's got Michigan in right now, which also means that he's got the Raiders in a position to have to pay him a ton of money. Now, Mark Davis wasn't afraid to cut $100 million for John Gruden, so he could do it.
3: Um, you I don't know, know if I, I'd, question, I don't know if i do the 10-year deals. Like I, I, no, I would think the question
2: for Mark is, is he getting out of the other 10 million he owes John? Is he getting out of the other ten? Probably a fluid
3: situation right now. That I'm sure the lawyers, you know, are going back and forth. I doesn't want to have
2: 20 million committed to a coach next
3: year. Well, how many lawsuits does John have going on? Is he fighting Mark? He's definitely fighting the league. Like, is is Gruden just going to be in and out of the courtroom for a while?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would he, not count. Does he
3: have enough? Uh, does he have a you know enough uh, pettiness like a Mike Leach? Like I ain't letting this go, guys.
2: Somebody uh, in my DMs claimed that it got closer than even people know last time with the Raiders. Um, And maybe that's why Michigan ended up paying so much money is because Michigan had a competitor for him. And ultimately it was, you know, I think again, a great sell for him. I've been um, to a Michigan game. I've been to two Michigan games. I've been to one when Harbaugh was coaching there and it's incredible. Like I understand why it's a big pull for him. Um, But his history says he doesn't stay places forever. And it's not just the Raiders now. I mean, the bear, he played quarterback for the bears and that's a historic franchise, right? I, He's got I, a couple I, of good options. If I, I would say this though. Now, Derek is going to need a new
3: contract. You know, I mean, that's just going to be one of the biggest off season conversations, whatever happens on Sunday night football, right? If Derek outplays Herbert, I, they, they, I just don't see how they have a choice.
2: I think if he wins. like I, I think what's been impressive with Derek the last few weeks, he has not put up big numbers. He's thrown picks. But he's, in the big moments, made plays against the Browns, in the big moments made plays against the Broncos, and in the big moments made plays against the Colts. So I just think it's if he wins and goes to the playoffs, John, I don't think he's got to outplay Herbert.
3: He actually, to me, feels very Jim harbaugh quarterback. When you just watch the quarterbacks that Jim's played with, even like McNamara now, like he likes an athletic guy, but he... Ultimately, a thrower of the football. Obviously, Andrew Luck, uh, you know, was the best version of that. Alex Smith, like Jim, historically has not demanded to get Patrick Mahomes. Right? I, I think he'd look at Derek Carr. Like, I can win with this guy. We got some pieces. Let's add some more pieces and let's fucking roll. Now, the big question mark would be with Harbaugh. Does that mean is the gone second with- best
2: quarterback he's ever had, behind Luck? Uh, better than
3: Alex? I Alex more accomplished so. career. I I, I think I think, so. I think if you gave Andy Reid which quarterback would you have wanted at twenty eight years old he would have gone with Derek. Though I think he likes I I don't know but Derek's character they would have got along really well too. I I do just wonder there are just some question marks like does Jim that does then does everyone get fired does Jim even wanna fuck with the personnel staff that'd be my question like to me Jim but he'd have enough juice to get that. Does Mark really want that? Like, I think he just saw that and it was kind of got a little weird fast, you know, but ideally you can't force people to get married, right? I mean, you can, but it happens in other countries and people, a lot of people that I know, I knew actually a girl who's married to a buddy who got her way out of it. And she was in an arranged marriage her whole life, you know, because in the culture in Pakistan and pulled a curveball and it didn't happen. And I, and I think, you know, in a weird way, we, we can't even relate to that, but I think people can in job situations. We talk about it a lot because it's a public business and like football or pro sports, shotgun marriages. It happens a lot in companies where it's just not public, right? It happens at, you know, big corporations where you have to work for a guy. I don't know the guy. You may never like him and he's just buying his time. They're like, hey, can you try to work with this guy? But he already knows he wants to get rid of him. I do wonder how, maybe they're friends. I don't know. Maybe they've known each other for a while. They feel like, Maybe they'd get along. Like Gruden, Mayock, and Harbaugh are all kind of feel like they're cut from the same cloth of just like they like football more than everything else in life, beside maybe like their wife and their daughter, you know. But that is a big question mark. Like, does Jim get to pick all the players? Like he never did that in San Francisco. Does he want to? Well, I don't know. But does he have a guy? Does he like? I want to work. Would Jim even have a guy?
2: <laughs> no, you're right. I'm mad. I, I wonder. I, I don't know if we'll ever know the if Jim. Because
3: even if Rich wins this game, if Jim Harbaugh wants your job, Rich Rich is not. Now I could see like, hey, keep measure special teams coach, keep measure special team coach, and keep rolling. I could see that.
2: It could be it could be very simple. Like Bisaccia has a chance to keep the job depending on who else wants the job, right? Like Mark, like I wouldn't be shocked if 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 Mark Davis is willing to stick with him if he doesn't see anything else that he likes more. Um, it would be interesting if Harbaugh got the job at his introductory press conference, like. Did John Madden try to get him to take the job the last time around, right? We know the Madden, we know Madden and the Harbaugh's uh, are on a texting, have text had texting relationships and not I mean better than texting. I would imagine Jim spent some time in Pleasanton over the years between Stanford and the 49ers. Madden came out to see him. They talk. That would be another element to this. Um, another connection between the Raiders and Jim. Do you in think just the fact that he worked for them? Can can Jim leave
3: accomplishing what he accomplished with his head high? I finally yes. beat Ohio State, yeah. and we got to the playoffs. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. We because Michigan is in Ohio State. Like we, I think we've come. Well, they're not beating
2: that, them right? next year. I saw somebody say it in the chat, and I agree. They're not beating Michigan's not beating them again next year.
3: Well, they're losing their best player in the draft, and Ohio State they're losing some guys. Is is eleven? Is he going to the pros or is he coming? Smith back? Smith and again? Jigba.
2: Yeah. No, he's back. He's a true sophomore.
3: Okay, so that's why he played.
2: Yeah, he'll skip next year's bowl game. Actually, he won't because they'll be in the playoff. Yeah.
3: With Marvin Harrison and seven other uh, and Terrell... And the Heisman Trophy players.
2: winner, C.J. Stroud. Yeah.
3: <laughs> these brothers, like Georgia's Dalvin Cooks brothers on his... Like, where are these guys? It's just Purdue... Where, yeah, where Dalvin's is brother. coming from? <laughs> <laughs> like, when, these guys are just... You're right. That's a great point. They're not beating Ohio State next year. They're just not going to be... There's no way he can live up to this season. He I ain't also going just wonder fundamentally... And, does he,
2: and this is a more basic big picture. Does he feel like Michigan is as committed... As Ohio State, everything I've always heard is, you know, Michigan loves football, but they're not quite as an institution as committed to it as Ohio State is.
3: you think it's easier to be committed to basketball? Just less resources and less people? Like, it's probably just more, it's more financially of a burden? For institutions to just push all their chips in on football, it's just yeah, more expensive.
2: I mean, it's why, it's why a smaller school like football. When no, but you're my point
3: re- is like Michigan is a powerhouse in basketball and has been. It feels like for the last 10, 20 years, right? Do you think it's just yeah. easier for them to just keep paying a lot to because paying Juwan Howard, I don't have to pay Juwan Howard ten million. I can pay him four, right. and he only has four assistants. Jim needs seventeen assistants. Then he needs a GM with like three other guys. And his own, like,
2: his own stre- his seven strength and conditioning coaches. His own dietitian. Team well, meals at every. Well, you,
3: you know when uh. In the last couple of years, when you go out to Niner practice, how they have those wood things like the wood, you know, it's like it's like an obstacle course. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, on John Lynch's football life, he met this trainer that they used to in San Diego run an obstacle course to train with like NFL player in the 90s. It looked just like that. The same exact look, this wood stuff. And John was a big believer in like it just made him a better football player. And obviously, like it's probably pretty rare that a GM has this idea to do for the player, but it's like John Lynch has this idea like, hey, this helped me, I don't know, make Pro Bowls all pros in the Hall of Fame. That's why they instituted it. Like, if you ever, if you watch football life, you will see that thing. You're like, oh my God, I've seen that before. And it just, but it it wasn't, let's just guess all that material, I don't know, $50,000 was set up. Like, it just adds up. Football coaches have a lot of ideas, and every single one of them costs money. And it usually encapsulates, minimum like 10 people because you have a group of 100 people on a team. It's just very, very expensive. Yeah. I do think it's much easier to be all in in basketball and be consistently good. It's just cheaper. Yep. Like, can you imagine what some of Jim's demands are? Just cost money. It's why it's easy when Saban makes all these demands because every single one of them works. And Kirby got there right away. Every single one of them works. So they just keep cutting the, Maybe in the SEC, why guys get fired because they always cut you the check. You just have to win. <laughs> they have no problem. Cutting they'll you the do check. whatever they,
2: they'll do whatever you want. I
3: think the most plays outside of the SEC, besides like Ohio State, like ask questions. Like, why, why are we doing this? Like, are you sure? Has this work before? Like, I bet even Lincoln occasionally. Uh, this first year, he's probably going to ask for whatever he wants. But Yeah.
2: I think Oregon gives gave Mario what he needed, what he asked what, for. What was
3: he asking, just for bigger staffs and more people? Yeah, I'm just- sure.
2: Bigger salaries, right? Let me bring in the Georgia strength and conditioning coach, that kind of thing.
3: That guy with the mustache, he went with him from to Miami. He's
2: he did, Aaron Feld. Yeah, he did.
3: I saw a lot of guys left with him to Miami.
2: Yeah, the guy that coached the bowl game, the interim. He was the interim coach uh, for Oregon. Do you know what's funny?
3: Whenever, like, I, yeah, I was watching that game. I had an edible. And you always, like, uh, you've got Twitter up when the thing's going on. And you can just search, like, some of Miami's, like, main accounts, like some of, like, their equivalent of Reddits. And they're like, look at our next wide receiver coach. I love this guy this look. He's just the interim coach, and he, but he's leaving to go to Miami. Yet all of Miami's, like, already CGIing him in, like, Miami shirts. Like, this guy, I love his swag on the sideline. You know, but they don't even know anything about the guy besides he's coming to their school. That's my favorite.
2: I- I tweeted a video. I got I got tagged at a bunch of Miami football stuff this weekend, or I, the last couple. Yeah, maybe Sunday, whatever day it was, because I don't know. In September, I had tweeted a video of Aaron Feld, the strength and conditioning coach, like running down the sideline. Players were celebrating, and he like went. You know, the strength and conditioning coach is always the first guy down there to like get no after a touchdown. Like get down, get back to the bench. And so they somebody Miami somebody in Miami found that video and it started getting passed around the Miami you know blogs or whatever and so i started seeing all these things and that one of the ones where they were photoshopping his his mustache uh green and uh what orange green and orange on the mustache have you ever met that guy i have uh willie tagger did willie bring him actually i feel like willie might have brought him i did a spring no maybe mario brought him i did a spring game in oregon mario's first or second year and Aaron Feld gave, like, a little tour. He gave us a little tour of the strength. and uh, uh, Because
3: Chip and Helfrich had kind of this smaller little kind of crazy guy that was their strength and conditioning coach that I think when Taggart got there, that guy went bye-bye. But remember, didn't Taggart, his main guy, Yeah, so maybe,
2: yeah. Well, that guy took over? Willie's first, like, month, like, somebody, guys got sent to the hospital for, like, overwork. Yeah. Um,
3: A couple too many uh, little gassers there on the field for a while. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But it felt, you know, he he gives you the vibe of like, I have no problem waking up at 3.30 a.m. That's just when my body wakes up. Like, that's the energy you get coach. from him.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's Which a strength is, coach thing. Like, hey, totally. you better be here early. Like, whoa, can we sleep?
2: No, just them to lift. Podcast brought to you in part by slash yam. Now, what is truebill? Well, it's very easy. Truebill is an easy to use app that identifies your subscriptions to help you stop paying for things that you no longer need. Like, for me, one thing, true Bill, I mentioned this on the last pod, I had uh, an NBA TV streaming account that was a month-to-month that I hadn't canceled, and it, that bad boy was just renewing 35 bucks a month, whatever it was. Then I'd forgotten that I have Audible, but I'm like seven credits behind on Audible. It's time for me to to just download some books and cancel the Audible, because I'm paying every month and I'm not catching up. Truebill reminded me of that. They caught that subscription, which is like 15 bucks a month. So Truebill.com slash ham. It's a great app. truebill.com slash ham. Go right now to check it out.
3: They're saving you some money. And did you they're- know, guy, that on average, and I'm sure this if you just did the math and added up what they're catching you, but on average they save up to people $720 a year. But think of that's just an extra hundred dollars, you know, $75 a month. And you don't even realize. I bet some people, you know, I bet this number. Is skewed, like their older people maybe have less. Us younger people that just sign up for things nonstop and be like, oh, I'll just do a one month free showtime, one month free audible. There are probably some millennials, some people like 27, 28, who have an extra $2,000. They don't even realize cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, things they haven't looked at in six months. I bet yeah. that happens all
2: the time. I think the generation of people who we're in it now who didn't have to ever pull physical money out or ever write a check just money is just a digital thing it's a lot of your to parents
3: listen. remember like my dad would always have change in his pocket <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah i think i got that here and you'd like yeah. shake it around your hand be like 10 11 17 now i see the signs that say please exact change only there's a coin shortage We're like no problem that's not an issue for me <laughs>
3: when's the last time you beside the money you get back ever have coins in your it's pocket it's <laughs> on,
2: only liquor store gatorade purchases when i end up with six cents in my pocket and then yeah, i put safe. them just back on the counter i'm like here just here's the yeah. penny see a penny take a penny whatever start canceling today they make it easy in 3 easy steps you can cancel subscriptions right now f- those forgotten free trials have met their doomsday forget about those automatic renewals that's how they keep you but this is how you get rid of them don't fall for all those subscriptions subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com/ham yep truebill.com/ham go right now
3: truebill.com/ham can save you thousands of dollars. I'm going to sign up tonight. I need you. Truebill.com
2: slash ham. Forget about all those autopilot auto renews. Truebill.com slash ham.
3: What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone. Download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
2: Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
2: under-discussed part of the Antonio Brown saga. A lot of people are freaking out about his shirt off or how people are reacting to him or whether or not Bruce Arians told the truth. Some, funny, the part, mem- from some funny memes. Fantastic me- memes. <laughs> the one you sent me of him as a cheerleader was very funny. I wanted one with him photoshopped into this background of, of Ben's final game, like he was there to cheer on Ben. That would have been a moment. Um, but for me, I think the under-discussed part of Antonio... Is that he's their second best receiver right now on a team that feels like heading into the playoffs, the Bucs, they're leaking oil a little bit. Chris Godwin is done. Antonio behind Mike Evans is their number one target or their number two targeted receiver behind Mike Evans. He's number two on the team, number one behind Mike Evans now. The week before the Jets game, now I know they played Carolina, but his first game back, you know what he did? 10 for 101. Before he was out and this November, his previous three games in October were nine catches for 93 yards, seven for 124, and seven for 63. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but guess what didn't happen Tuesday? For the second day in a row since Bruce said he's off the team, Antonio did not hit the waiver wire. Do you believe it's truly that they're working with the
3: league to get a resolution on what they can do, or they're just like, hey, let's just take some deep breaths – Let's just get some updates on hamstrings and ACLs and let's just L- Leonard Fournette still alive. Like, let's let's still kind of
2: just because you're right. Godwin and, and I would add to this and they don't want him on another team.
3: You think anyone would take him after that?
2: I don't think so, but.
3: Uh, I don't you know. At, the, at this point in time in the season, I think you'd be hard. That'd be pretty nuts. Jarrah. You, Jerry he just was, lost a receiver. Yeah, but they they had number one. Wilson was pretty good. They, The only team to me that was fucking with this guy was them, and it was because Tom was pounding the table. Like, was any other team taking him? But I am with you. Godwin was on a pace to – what was Chris Godwin going to make this offseason fully healthy with like 120 catches and seven touchdowns, you know? Was someone going to pay him $20 million a year? Probably. Mike is awesome. He has 12 touchdowns. He's always injured. He's like the three years ago, Julio. Will you watch him? He'll like catch a touchdown. And then like by the third quarter, it's like, he's like, I got to come out. And he'll come out. And he just, it's hard for him to stay healthy. Gronkowski is having a pretty good season. Ro- Rob's had a pretty good little swan song here in Tampa mm-hmm. those couple of years. But you're right. Like Antonio was good last. Remember he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He was, that's a big loss. Now I, I hadn't thought about it. Like, are they waiting but you never know. I would never ever discount like emotions are high. He told it can't, it basically was confirmed. Right? Bruce Aarons told him to go in the locker room, he said leave. Maybe he, maybe he didn't mean like leave, leave, but maybe Antonio took it like that. Maybe it was just a miscommunication because he kept telling him I to would go love for into him to game. be back.
2: And Bruce says this was all a miscommunication.
3: <laughs> He's well, he hasn't <laughs> left New York yet. He was at the Nets game last night. Oh, okay. What, what percent team. chance do you think we see him He that he doesn't get cut? Like, you can put it like 50 50 or we, we like, no, I
2: think he's got. I mean, I'd say it's, I think the chances are pretty good that he gets cut, but he hasn't been cut yet. What do, you, what do you think about people like,
3: well, this changes the narrative? Was a coach trying to make him go in healthy? And then you see him doing jumping jacks? Like, why well, Bruce Ayer's Like, you're fine. What are you doing? He's like sprinting off the field. What do you he's
2: could, fine. could not care less about all those other discussions? Couldn't care less. I, I, it's he is not. Don't look. Don't make Antonio Brown your poster child for whatever your cause is. That's my recommendation to anybody with a cause. Whether your cause is mental health, whether your cause is coaches force players to play hurt, whatever your cause is, I would caution you making Antonio Brown the poster boy for it is not going to work out and will backfire on you. Period. I That's agree. just that. That would be my. If you're going to ride any of those horses, by all means, do not make him uh, exhibit A. It'd be well, a I, know that,
3: I, I was thinking about this. Listen, if you're the 49ers, you know, you play Tom Brady, it's going to be hard. But their team is off right now.
2: Yes. They're, and they're, they're, they are less good without Antonio Brown. Just period.
3: They do get a – it would be in home. Uh, I mean, Bruce and Todd Bolt, like their staff is elite. They, they still have some, like, culture stuff there that even with or without them, they're pretty good, right? Just the way they – their expectation is going to be win the Super Bowl, right? That's that's what they're thinking. We're going to yeah. win the Super Bowl. Like if we walked in that building tomorrow, Wednesday, first day back for this week, do you think there's anyone in there like, yeah, we're, it's going to be hard to win the Super Bowl? Or like, we're winning the Super Bowl. Like, that's how they're talking. We're yeah.
2: going to win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, Tom's won Super Bowls with less, right? I mean, you look back at the Ram- the Super Bowl, they beat the Rams. His leading receiver on that team was James White, who is not a receiver. Then it was Edelman, seventy four catches for Edelman. James White had eighty seven. Then it was Gronk. Josh Gordon was the second leading receiver on that team. Chris Hogan, Philip Dorset, sneaky Cordero Patterson, okay? Th- those were the those were the re- so t- Tom doesn't need a bunch of Pro Bowl receivers to win a championship. And I think as cliche as it is, everybody says it is right. Like, look, don't write Tom Brady off based on the way he's playing at the end of a regular season. But to your point like if from the Niners perspective let's say if you're playing them in the first round I'm not going to say they're easy to defend but ha- there's a Antonio Brown didn't just become difficult on Sunday like there's a reason he was on the team cuz he was worth the trouble to them.
3: You know one issue for them is one reason they were an unstoppable force last year is that front 7 the defense was awesome. Their, their whole defense. I mean their secondary is playing well. Bunting was good. Winfield to the do they drafted remember? You were the guy that kept talking about uh, Jason lights drafting like he couldn't miss
2: yeah
3: well I think they've just had so many injuries the Jets just ran for 150 yards 26 carries 150 yards Zach Wilson threw for 230 on him I mean 230 like so you I mean you're you're having almost 400 yards of offense from the Jets on the Bucks now is it as simple as you're playing a really bad team late in the year I think we're going to find out this year this week like is their defense just a major question mark going in or was that just Kind of a one-off, right, end of the year, taking a team a little lightly, and then all of a sudden they play it like they're Super Bowl. You find yourself down, but you end up figuring it out. Like, I, I don't know. Where I, I if, if Carolina is tight, because they just played them a couple weeks ago and they killed them, destroyed them. I mean, I, they, I, they, they one, basically made all those stories come out about Matt Rule. It happened two weeks. They beat them 32-6, to six, and then yeah. all the stories came out
2: about Matt Rule.
3: Like is is this is this 10, 10 and half? or is this seventeen nothing and a half? We're kicking the shit out of you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time bad team games. Right, the Jets and the Panthers putting too much stock in it. I think it, it might it might be with those types of games could be a little misleading. Um, Part of it is they're struggling to score because they they're out no, firepower. It's, it's a real like, it's a real it's a real thing. It's like was that his, it,
3: was that his most talented team last year he's ever had.
2: I mean. I mean the Randy Patriots undefeated, but they, but, Patriots but they
3: didn't. But I'm saying that won a Super Bowl. Oh, he had Godwin, Evans, Antonio yeah. Brown was three wide receivers. He had Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette. Just let's face it, like should he have been the fourth pick in the draft or whatever? No, but Leonard Fournette's a legitimate starting running back. And Ronald his, Jones, and Ronald Jones. His offensive line was solid. Their defense was unreal. He had Arians, Todd Bowles,
2: like. That was a pretty locked and loaded group, you know, of just. And who knows talent. how we'll look back? If Byron Leftwich is going to turn out to be a great NFL coach, right? We might look back and say Tom launched his. You know, he had a very good O.C. But, well. I mean,
3: and, and Bowles is going to be a head coach again, right? So he's going to be on a team with several head coaches. Ton of. Ta- I mean, they have Nadama sue, Devin White, Vita Vea, JPP. They, they were pretty stacked, man. Oh, I think defensive rookie of the year and the the safety from Minnesota, Winfield, who they just those guys just been banged up. But if you're not healthy, like it's one big point of difference they had last year is they went in pretty healthy, and I've heard Bruce talk about it. He's like, "We were healthy last year." What if the uh, Niners were to lose and the Saints get in? Do you think the Bucks want to play the Saints in the first round?
2: No, Saints? their defense is fantastic right now. And don't you feel like the Saints would Period. just view that like we're beating them? How could you beat them with Taysom Hill? Be incredible. I know uh, somebody in the uh, Patrick says 2003, maybe I think the Patriots defense in Oh three. I don't think their offense. I mean, Dion Branch was obviously a really good player. Kevin Falk, Troy Brown Um, in terms of running backs. That no. team was uh, Antoine Smith. Now their defense, though, Rodney Harrison, Teddy Bruschi, Ty Law, Willie McGinnis Tyrone Poole, Mike Vrabel, Richard Seymour, Ted Washington, Asante Samuel. I mean, a, that defense was pretty stacked. Yeah, pretty good. But I, but not the offense. I don't think was in intel- Do you remember talented. they that's had a call? Oh, they three. had
3: a stretch from 03 to 04 when they won the back to back plus
2: Brian Dable, Rob Ryan, Josh McDaniels, Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell. Sorry. I love
3: that, I love that Bill loved Rob like <laughs> Rob was on his stuff. They had a stretch. If I remember correctly that when they won back to back like yeah. the second half of the first championship to the first half of the final, I think. Remember, they had won like nineteen or twenty two or something straight games, and the Steelers, I think, beat them on like Sunday Night Football or something. So
2: they won. They were they started the first of those back to back Super Bowls two and two, and then uh, so what does that mean? They won twelve straight to finish the year. Then they won the Super Bowl three games, so that's fifteen. Yeah, fifteen in a row, and then to start 0-4... They won one, one two, th- three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah.
3: So, so 21 straight. straight. Oh, 15 plus six, 20. Who beat them?
2: Uh, Pittsburgh, they were lost at Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then they they won one, two, three, four, five, six more in a row. They won a lot. <laughs> I think
3: if you've were around 17 and
2: two back to back years. So Can you imagine some of
3: the some of the eyes and just feelings the seven and nine season? Like, what the fuck is this? How people live
2: in the NFL? What are the? How could you do this? The seven and nine one year. And then someone's like, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just not These practices aren't fun, guys. <laughs> Who said that? Well, that was Cassius Marsh. Oh yeah, yeah. But then actually, apparently, I didn't watch. I've been watching Tom vs. Time. I saw a very critical article about not Tom vs. Time. Uh, the man, man in the mirror, or uh, yeah. man in man the man in the arena, man in the arena. Um, I read like a, a a Boston media member wrote basically like I guess last night's episode. Gronk kind of said the same thing, like he wasn't having fun. Practice was a grind at the end, but um, I guess Tom like talks about the uh, Eagles Super Bowl and like never mentions the fact that Eric Rowe barely played uh Patrick Malcolm. Chung barely played and then Malcolm Butler got benched. Yeah. And the guy the guy doing the thing was like you can't say like people don't deserve your opinions and then do two different self-promoted and self-produced documentaries and do a thing about the Eagles Super Bowl and not mention the fact that Malcolm Butler was benched.
3: <laughs> so it's like he I'm gets to remember in his own way.
2: Yeah, like you just can't you can't talk about that game and then not address the fact that Malcolm Butler got benched if you're going to do like a here are my thoughts on the game, you know. But I don't know. On one hand, I agree with that. On the other hand, I respect not talking shit about your coach.
3: Well, this is a little inside. I mean, literally baseball. I I texted you this yesterday. A lot of media members were very up in arms about Ken Rosenthal losing his job for MLB Network. And as someone who, you know, lost a job, who was associated with a team, you know, when you work for MLB Network or NFL Network or NBA TV, it is a fine balance. Like you're a journalist, I, I would imagine. But the I'm difference not a journalist. Was, no, what no, I, I no, I meant like I meant those people, like oh, uh, okay. David Aldridge or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, so yeah. like you, you know those guys that are, have journalist backgrounds that go work for the league, right? And Rosenthal was like double dipping. It was like, you know, he got to do that. And when you work for MLB Network or NFL Network, you probably get to do some sweet shit, right? They put you on some games. You're all over the place. But he also, like, got back to his roots and did The Athletic. And I read some of the things that he And at Fox. And at Fox. But at The Athletic, he wrote columns like, Manfred, it's on him. Like, he was just doing what you go to. And I'm pro-talking shit. The Athletic is an area where a lot of shit is being talked. It's a critical place. It's like reading an old-school newspaper. Well, you're blasting Manfred, but you're working for his thing. And I saw all these people like, I've worked for NBA TV. And when David Stern was mad at me, he'd call me. Well, that's one way, but you also get fired. You know, you had three different jobs. Like I actually on the side, I'm not pro Rob Manfred, but I do understand like, bro, you don't get to just keep shitting on me and have all these other incomes. Like that's not the way it works. And I I think media is the one, it's probably one of the really rare industries where you can have like these really high paying jobs and have several of them. And, and yeah. a, some of them kind of cross over into some interesting avenues. Yes. Know?
2: It's, it's almost, I'm I've met Ken a few times and like been able to spend some time with Ken a few times. And he is every bit, the guy that everybody says he is like, he's fan, like super, like extremely cool, very generous with his time and very cool. And, um, uh, I thought the same thing. Like, you got to sometimes when you work for state media, you got to pick one. Like, are you doing true journalism or are you willing to leave some things out? Now I do also think like if Ken Rosenthal who loves baseball as much as anybody can't work for MLB network on one hand, that was my first, I was like, damn, if Ken can't work for MLB network, who can but then you take, now I don't know if it's related to that or not, but you're in a tough spot if you're Rob Menfred because you're like, well, if I don't, if I tell MLB network, you can't employ him, then he's kind of one. Right. But if I let him, if I do the right thing from a journalistic standpoint and just stand back and let him do his thing, I don't know. I can't let him walk all over my network. It's my network. So, In, in what line of work could you just
3: publicly – someone who's cutting you a check, whether – money's all relative. Whether it was $500 or $500,000 or $50 million, openly talk shit about a guy that's kind of controlling the pot or the boss – and just consistently get away with it. I, wouldn't you agree that most industries, it would not even be possible? Openly critic, openly yeah, I, criticize I the guy that's in charge.
2: I think even in sports, it's not possible,
1: really. Well, it's not. And that the guys, guys losing their job
2: all the time. I, I remember saying this to one time a few years ago, talking to somebody who, in a, a high-level NFL executive. And I said, you know, I don't know what your plans are my two cents is this. If you could ever have an NFL teams, a team website, because teams are clearly trying to own more and more of their media material, right? You write articles, you post interviews, you do Scott, all that Scott, stuff. Scott Bear
3: smart. does the
2: Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it's, it's very smart. If you could ever find a way to walk the line of actually allowing some critical things on your website, then you could actually start to steal market share. If you don't ever do that, then you can't ever become the only voice. And the fact is they'll never be able to do that. And that's okay. There's enough out there that you can have your team sites and your real journalism, and both things can exist. You won't ever be able to go all the way on a team site. It doesn't mean that you can't create good content and insight for your fans, but you won't ever be able to replace journalism, right? When there's a controversy because you won't ever be able to tell the full story. And I understand that. The owner would never sign off on, yes, I am pro-journalism, so please, the .com website, where the person who writes the website is three doors down from my office, probably not a few floors down, but nonetheless, let them rip me all they want, and also I'll see them in the cafeteria. Like, you're just not ever going to have that. And I understand why.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I just thought the reaction... But again, I
2: don't know if that's... Is that why he's not well, back? That's, see, that, that would be my thing.
3: It's like, I don't the, even- the, New, the New York Post... I just saw, I retweeted in my timeline. Reported the reason he was fired for consist like several articles last year over COVID responses and the you, you know him like yeah. blasting Manfred and good for him one hundred percent. But you just know like I, I I never when uh I led to the end of our radio show, which is the best thing that ever happened. No, I led to do the podcast that like I, I I was you know in a weird spot, but I I was told I could say whatever I wanted. I understood why they would be mad on the other side. My old take was like, why do we, ca- they don't draw ratings. Why do we give a shit? It wasn't that I didn't understand why they were mad. I think a lot of journalists are like, why would Manfred even give a fuck? Well, it, when you talk shit about someone, if I'm cutting the check or indirectly in charge of the pot of money, like, I'm sorry, I get to be mad at shit. That's the way, no different. Like, why do your parents get mad at 10 year olds? Cause they're fucking providing everything. It's, it's no different than the workplace, but in most workplaces, we're all humans. We talk shit about our boss or whatever. We don't do it publicly, you know?
2: And I yeah, think sometimes I, I also think lost in this yeah, world. Yeah. You know, and, and I would imagine people having seven different bo- jobs. I'm sure Ken knew the whole time. I would love to talk. To, I, I'm sure Ken understood the whole time. This might be that I respect it. Like he was not willing to say I'm, I'm going to change the way I cover the sport because I work for MLB Network. If I say something too critical and they want to get rid of me, then fine. And I respect that about him. I really do. I think he's fantastic. And again, Ken's, as Ken, I saw him tweet, like, I'll be fine. And he will be fine. Well, yeah, he got rich off the three different jobs for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And he's still, he's still part of Fox's biggest baseball coverage. And, um, and he will always, now, sold. Yeah. But he, 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 like, that's a guy who will always, I think, be able to find a home. Oh, for sure. I'm pro Ken Rosenthal. I know. I'm no, no. I know. Yeah. I'm, I am, you and I agree on this topic. We agree here on that note. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. If you're on the YouTube, hit the, like, hit the like button. 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 On your way out the door, that helps out the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, if you're uh, watching or listening, go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Apple Podcasts, five stars. Give us a question. That's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff. mailbag. And um, uh, tell us your favorite bar as well and all that. Peace. Later.